Let's rock and roll. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And I'm Christina. And this is Antiwave. And between the three of us, we have over 100 years of experience on the entertainment industry. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's too much. Yeah, it's all that. Tell taking out the it. garbage and yeah. doing PA work. And with <laughs> us, we have a very, very special guest. Brandon Rodriguez. Brandon, welcome. Yes, thank you. This is awesome. I love this. Brandon. Hey, Brandon, you are the casting director, in case you didn't know this. You are the casting director for a little film called The Last Movie Star. Yes. Originally called Dog Dog Years. That's right. And we're going to be reviewing that film today. Cool. And uh, and then we're also going to be talking about our top five. What, Ira? Uh, It's our top five. um, What is it? Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Resurrected careers in the industry... Not necessarily in the act- automotive industry, uh, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> so it's going to be Audi was my number one, actors, right? Saab. You go Saab. Oh, okay, <laughs> the of key course. grip, the gaffer, the best boy, a resurrected career within the industry. Right. All right. So we're going to be doing that. But first of all, Brandon, we got to talk to you just a little bit. Please. We got to peel back the onion oh, layers Lord. that are your brain. Ready to cry, everybody. <laughs> Let's start with you. How how'd you get involved in the, in the film industry in the first place? Uh, I actually started uh, everything on the, the acting side. And then uh, I moved out here, did some work back east. And then I moved out here. And a casting director who asked me to come out here, um, I would help her tape and do auditions and stuff like that for a television series that she was working on. And then... Uh, the second season of that show, she was like, hey, look, would you want to be my assistant? And that was about eight years ago. And I'm like, I've, I have no idea what casting is, mm-hmm. uh, except for my end of it of an actor. You just don't get it a lot, right, as an actor? No, I'm yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and she was like, well, you know what? I once never knew what it was either. And I was like, touche. And I just fell in love with it. Started that season as an assistant and just fell in love with the process and just never looked back. Like a fish to water. Yes, sir. <laughs> Do you, do you find that your background as an actor gives you kind of a leg up, I imagine, watching? You know, it does. Because, I mean, I trained and I studied for, for over three years, Monday through Friday, from 7 o'clock to, you know, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning sometimes. And um, so I understand, A, what they're going through. And no room any actor ever walks in with me will ever feel uncomfortable or rushed or to feel uncreative or in, in any circumstance like that because I understand the amount of time that they put into it. But I also know the simplicity sometimes of just how to talk to an actor where physical actors are my favorite actors where they have a job to do, so let them do it. But just one word you can give them, one tiny little sentence, let them create. You don't have to be like, okay, so it's like this and come to here and da 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 So it, it has helped with being able to talk to them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you ever able to to cast people that you're friendly with? I mean, like some of your friends you're able to put into to uh, yeah, like of course, that. yeah, heck yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now it's like it's you know this whole business. You know, I feel you guys would say it's built you know built on relationships. Sure. And, um, and so yeah, when you know actors who like you need somebody real quick the next day, or maybe this doesn't happen, or it's like a, a small role, and you just know that these people are right for it. Yeah, absolutely. Like it makes complete sense. Taking out uh, the last movie star, let's remove that. Let's pretend for a minute that you weren't involved with that. What has been your favorite casting job otherwise? Wow, um, or at least some highlights. And, yeah, and what I, was so interesting about them? Everything. Well, everything is always different. Like mm-hmm. when you think you know it, it's completely different every every run around. You know, every every job and uh, every film. Or show. I think one of the most interesting films I ever did was, and I was just an associate at the time on this one, a casting associate, was um, 
a film called The Greasy Strangler. Hmm. It was a brand new director. He was a huge commercial director out of uh, London. It went and premiered at uh, Sundance and just took off at Sundance. And uh, it was one of the most refreshing castings ever because the director was very adamant about on screen to make sure that not one actor on screen was recognizable to the general public. Hmm. He goes, if you find someone in Bakersfield at three in the morning in the back of a gas station playing slots and eating a hot dog, that's our guy. Wow. So I was like, all right. Yeah. So that's where you went first, right? That's where we went right. Just yeah, combing exactly. the 7-Elevens of yes, Bakersfield. Exactly. <laughs> but those are the kind of castings that I like when you can just find those real actors, those people that are out there doing this who maybe don't get that shot. Um, and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful process. Great process. If you had to give a piece of advice to actors who audition, if you, if, if you were able to say one piece of advice to all of them who would ever come across your, your, your camera to record them, what, what advice would you give them? Uh, God, there's multiple. I would say have fun. Show me that you you have a version of what you think this is. Don't come in thinking that I know what it's supposed to be mm. or we know what it's meant to be. Let me see your version of it. So have it an interpretation. Yes. I would, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was this discussed before? You guys are pointing saying, yeah. I mean. <laughs> interpretation is, is what we commonly do within the speech world of taking literature and having your interpretation versus... Yeah. The interpretation of the author, or uh, you know, the the actors who might bring a script to life in a film, or something like that, and reinterpreting it every There's time. There's an arena in competitive speech called oral interpretation, and that ties in with exactly what you were talking. Nice. about. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's just just come in and have your version of it. Yeah. And if you commit to that all the way, it might be a complete 180 right. of what I think and what it's supposed to be. But at least I see you're bringing something. Yeah. And then we can play around if we need to. We can go in a different direction it. if we need to. Yeah, I like that. Nice. All right, well, one of the things that we do on this show, Brandon, is uh, we talk about Week in Review. So this segment is all about uh, movies that we've seen throughout the week. I mean, just kind of give a little plug to other things we've been watching. I and, and you know what, Brandon? Some are old, some are new. We now present the Week in Review. I always try to, <laughs> I try to get by these See, he ditties. appreciates me. He appreciates me. I, 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 I don't know that the laughter is appreciation. <laughs> I think that might be shock and chagrin. I love it. He might be laughing at Ira. Oh, no. Way. I'm no, with it. No, I'm with Brandon's it. my bud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go first. What, what did you see this okay, week? Okay, now, Brandon, you're probably not aware of this, but I have somewhat of a reputation when we talk about other movies we've seen this week. Oh, I think Brandon's and, very uh, aware of this. <laughs> and often on Amazon Prime, we see some questionable softcore porn, if you will. Sure. Movies that are somewhat titillating. Yes. If you get my drift. Oh, yes. However, once again, I think you'll be semi surprised that again, probably. I saw a movie I saw in 1960, uh, 1968. We may have spoken about this, Robert, you and I another time, The Swimmer with Burt Lancaster. What an odd film. Are you familiar with this, Brandon? I, I know of, yes. Burt Lancaster on, has yeah. said in numerous interviews that it's his favorite role in all really? the movies he's done. Have you seen it, Christine? I think it's based on the short story, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, I know the short story. Yeah, by Cheever. Yeah, by John Cheever. John Cheever's yeah. his last but name. But Ira didn't watch it this week. He's just wanting to point out that there was this movie. <laughs> It's become a cult film. It's an odd film, yet it's it's engrossing at the same time. Anyway, I happened to see that. Uh, I also saw uh, 
cave women on Mars. Oh, dear now, Lord. Now, Is this like the sequel to Amazon, wait, wait, Amazon just, Women on the Moon? Is no, that no. What? At first, I assumed this was 1956, you know, bad black and white. And I watched it, was fascinated by it, and I looked it up. It was 2008, and it's meant to be an homage, if you will, a send-up, a satire of those movies that were made. However, it was just a bad, bad film. But the main movie that I want to acknowledge this afternoon, this evening with you guys, is Caged. Now, listen. Before you all turn on me, it's not one of those lesbian no, things. You think we're going to turn on you? Yeah. We've already turned <laughs> on you, man. It's gone south, man. With lesbian stuff, it's not. This is a 1959 movie with Eleanor Parker. Eleanor Parker did a lot of work. She was in The Sound of Music. She played the Baroness. Oh, and, and so yes. she was in that. She's done a, a lot of TV and movie work. And it was the movie made a definite statement where she was incarcerated for the wrong reason. She was innocent. But she came out at the end of the film as a hardened criminal. And that was the end of the film. That it, you, there's, it, it makes you worse of what you are, your character. And um, so this was also directed by Cromwell, um, James Cromwell's uh, uh, father, Jack Cromwell. Oh, interesting. Uh, directed this film. It's called Caged, and it's got uh, quite a cast in, different to, in, in addition to Eleanor Parker. It has Agnes Moorhead. This is, and it's film noir. It's black and white. Oh, the really? cinematography it was really powerful. Anyway, those are the movies I saw. That's my Week in Review. Ira, what I really enjoy about your Week in Review is I really never know what you could have possibly watched. <laughs> like, it's unpredictable. It could be any era. There's like, usually titties there's a, involved, there's, though. There's a theme. I'm not, I'm not saying there's not a theme. Very softcore titties, but I feel. There's a lot of, a lot of a naked potpourri. people. I'm a renaissance I, man. No, I, I, I'm, I'm a renaissance man. You like the man. naked people. There's, there's, there's definitely the naked people, but beyond that, it's just, you just never know. I just Thank know you. that you're, like, playing, you know, movie roulette there movie with, roulette. With the Netflix. We, we need to come up with a game called movie, movie roulette. roulette. I don't, need, I don't even know what the premise of the game is. Somewhere. Yeah. I feel that has to be somewhere, yeah. right? Thank you. That's quite a Ira, compliment. You need to come up with an app called movie roulette yeah. where you just click the button and it's like, here's a movie play, you're watching Ira, tonight. Ira plays that. I mean, that's I do Ira's movie roulette. Game. Yeah. You're with you every week. Yes, he does. Christina, I'm glad you're on board I, with this. I, 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 you see, I, see who your, I am. I see your genius, Ira. I really do. Genius. Yep. He's watching softcore porn on Amazon. But not only no. softcore porn. No. So much more, Robert. Look at these so movies I mentioned, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. The Swimmer, Age, <laughs> Cave Women on Mars. Well, maybe one out of three, but okay. Wow. I'm, I'm Christina, what did you watch this week? It's been a very, very sad and lonely film week oh, for no. me. <laughs> I was out of town for the family wedding. I mean, I barely had enough time to like sleep. So no movies So only for six me. movies? No movies. <laughs> no movies. <laughs> Literally, our movie, and that's the only movie. It's been a sad, lonely. Did you watch? You didn't watch anything week. on the plane. On the plane. Just gonna. Ask. I get sick on the plane. I can't. I can't do it. Uh. I get sick. Well, I'm. I'm glad you're back. Thanks. I'm me glad too. You're and I'm looking good. forward to seeing movies this week again. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to having more time. Uh, all right. Yeah, so, awesome. Brandon, what did you watch this week? Uh, you know, I was kind of like work was kind of uh, crazy busy, so it was one of those things I didn't watch too many. But I somehow find myself watching. I get more screeners than like than anything. So. Uh, I did watch American Animals, which mm. I'm s- you guys have to check out. It's absolutely amazing when it comes out. Absolutely amazing. Um, and then, have you guys heard of a movie called Primer? The original? Yeah. Like from a few years ago? Yeah. I love Primer. Oh. That's so I, every now and then, like, I sometimes just gravitate towards watching movies that I've maybe seen 30 times already. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those films. And so I found myself watching Primer. That's one of the oh. best director's commentary I've ever heard. I don't know if you've ever listened to the director's commentary for it, but I haven't it's actually no yeah. that's it's really good well I mean that movie's insane I yeah. mean I, anytime I see like any filmmaker I'm like 
there's your Bible yeah. right there. Hmm. So. Yeah. And he talks a lot about it. He ha- There's two commentaries for that. And one is just him by himself where he talks about like, here's some of the lessons that we learned along the way. And it really is not just to watch the film, but to hear him describe why they did some of the decisions. The little things like um, he said, you know, one of the things we discovered was we should have circular dolly track instead of linear dolly track so that we never have to change the focus. And you just lock the focus in and you just go in a curve. That's awesome. And it's little things like that. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, that's a really great little filmmaking tip. You get all this movement, but you don't, you're so low budget. You don't have someone working the focus. So why go in a straight line where you have to adjust that focus the whole time? That is awesome. So it's little things like that that he talks about in the audio commentary that are, are I'll really have to check that out. I mean, that again, like I think that's, those guys were just brilliant at yeah. what they did. And I watched a little bit of Forrest Gump. Does that count? I didn't watch yeah. it all. Oh, yeah, that yeah. counts. But I love Forrest Gump. Oh? So I did watch a little bit of that. That's great. Yeah. I watched, uh, you know, I, I didn't have much time either. This week was, was slammed for me. But on Saturday night, in the middle of, I have a very hectic week, I, I just had to binge watch something. And I did binge watch. And I, I've, I've come to realize, I was telling Joey this, I have a, a problem when I need to decompress that I have, I, documentaries are really good for me. And I've said this a few times. I know. I don't know what that is. No. But I need something intellectually stimulating to decompress. That's kind of strange, I think. I think no, most I think that's, want- hey, that's amazing. I think that's great. One of my favorite shows, I, I, I never buy shows on iTunes, and I just bought the, the Men Who Made America. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, yes. Yeah, it's like, I can't stop I watching that, that stuff. That like, show's the, great. I, I love it. And the that's the exact kind one, of thing that I need. I, and that's, I love that stuff. That does help me decompress too. I know like, some people need cooking shows or some people need like mindless reality TV. And I get that, mm-hmm. but that doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a, a good documentary. I do love a good chop though. A good chop? Like, yeah, like chop, chop the show. Yeah. Oh, I, know, I, I mean, like chop too. Uh, I love That's chopped. my favorite. Yeah. Definitely. And I am I'm, I'm, I like the house hunters. Oh, okay. I really like, I like nice. the house hunters. I like buying and selling <laughs> property brothers. Well, you would hate what I watched then because. No, no, I'd like that too. But no, you'll hate me. what I watched. Yes, what is oh, it? Because what I watched Wait, was. what did you watch? Uh, I watched Evil Genius, which is a, uh, a documentary series. It's like four parts on Netflix about a. Do you guys remember a few years ago there was the the guy that was robbing the bank? He was the pizza delivery guy, and he was they he was delivering a pizza, and these guys strapped a bomb around his neck and said, "Go rob this bank, or we'll blow up the bomb." Oh, Do you remember this? And no. he did it, and then uh, he was caught by the police, and then uh, the police handcuffed him. And they were trying to get the bomb squad out, and then they the bomb blew up, and he died. Jeez. And they weren't they weren't sure whether he was in on it or whether it actually he really was. Uh, kidnapped. Wow. And it's about that crime and these other crimes that were peripheral to it and how they kind of all related back to this one woman who was extremely manipulative. And it was fascinating. I love stuff like that. And then they made it into a movie a few years later, the 30 Minutes or Less movie. Um, <laughs> of course they go with that title, though. Yes, well. Yeah. Of course yeah. they go yeah. there's, a, there's a bomb. It's going to explode. 30 it's Minutes or Less. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, the movie was kind of a dark comedy. And oh, it was, it was, Lord. It was funny, but the reality of, of seeing this guy, he's like, I'm not lying. Please get, come get this bomb off me. And they won't get the bomb off his neck because they're afraid it's going to blow up. And then trying to track down who done it. So it's wait, really interesting. Spoiler. I mean, I don't know if you want to say, but oh, did care. they catch the people actually? With sort the bomb? of. Um, they went to, to jail for they went to prison for other crimes and it's it's a big tangled mess all centered around this woman and a lot of people died not too long afterward. Uh, a lot of people got killed off. It, it was really strange how Jeez. it all. She had been murdering previous boyfriends and all these 
guys were crazy about her, and uh, it's the it's myth definitely of worth the watching. Femme fatale. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely was. So, although she, less. she was definitely kind of so more bad. like homeless femme fatale. Like she was all scraggly hair and kind of mangy looking. Oh, you know, looking. femme fatales have changed. Yeah, I guess it can't so. be all glamorous. They're in the hoarders 50s now, now. Yeah, right? A Portlandia character. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a uh, week in review. All right. You want to jump to a little mail before we get into oh, the film? Hey, hey, mail? Go for it. Brandon, I have another one for you. Oh. Oh, dear. Help us make our podcast better. We look forward to reading your letter. All right. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> Dude, I, like I like this guy. How do you guys not like Can we make because Brandon, Brandon regular? Because, hey, they're actually a lot longer. We've been after him to edit him down. <laughs> it's been whittled down to like 9% of what it was. But, it, was like, you know. it was like the Odyssey before. Yes, it was a, it was a performance <laughs> art piece. I love it. And we, we've got it down to a quick limit. It was an interpretive so, dance before. Right. <laughs> so long. we're happy with this uh, <laughs> this this new version. Uh, we got an email here from somebody who was coming up with other... Uh, last week we were talking about animals that die in movies. And we were, we were trying to come up with what are animals that die in movies or could be what, killed what? in a movie where it's not sad, right? What? Was that it? Wasn't that uh-huh. what we were talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. We, because remember yeah. we were talking about We were talking about, about horses. Yeah. Yeah. Sharks. We said there's not there's no movies where a horse dies That's and people right. go, ah, oh, no right. big deal. That's no, right. No, it's always right? sad. It's always sad. It's and always then dogs, sad. same thing. You can't kill a dog without... No dogs. Yeah. No horses. No way. Yeah. No bunnies. I think you could kill a cat, and that's a cat owner. But I think a lot I think of cats people... Are, I think cats I would agree are okay. I don't think they're okay, but I think it... It's less. It's not a puppy, right? Very true. And not a kitten. I'm not saying kill a kitten, but a cat. I yeah. think that's well. People are lenient with that. More lenient. More. I'll go there. <laughs> well, this but guy responded to that. He did. He, he gave us a few suggestions. He said, "All right, snakes. That's a good one. Yeah. You can kill a snake, right. no yeah, problem. Snake. Right. In fact, you're probably the hero. Spiders. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if insects should really count or not. Count. Are insects animals? No. No. Technically, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, for that matter, no one is upset with killing a fly. Now, unless the movie is the fly. The fly. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Both so, versions. Right. So. Do insects count in all this? I mean, if they're, I mean, look, arachnophobia. Did anybody really care that all those spiders were getting killed? Not one bit. Right? No. You've been doing your your research. I just, I just, that was a great. I mean, Charlotte's Web. Ooh. God. But you're thinking of a movie where someone did care about the spider. What what I'm saying is, I'm saying that could it be bad that the spider gets killed? Charlotte's Web. It could be bad that the spider gets killed, but typically a spider in a movie that gets killed, no one sheds a tear. I think that's the exception rather than the rule. Here you go. May I just go? If the and animal, we said not animated movie. If the animal <laughs> or insect is physically ugly looking, do we care less about it being killed? Well, more to your point, the movie Mask, you know, with Eric Stoltz, when he dies, nobody cares because he's ugly looking. I, right? I think, I think our theory... Right? I, yeah. I mean, come on. Hey? I think our theory last week was if the animal could do harm to a human, it was okay if it died. That was kind of the theory. I think you're right. I think that's it's what like we came sharks, to. snakes, spite like... The Edge. When they killed the bear, I love bears. Oh, but I was happy they killed that bear. I right. was like, bears. that was amazing. Bears. But that could do more harm to people. So she's kind of yeah, got a point there. The yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah. It's, true. It's, but it's you're a, right. The edge. I was super happy when that bear died. Yeah. I was fuck that way bear. on the human side. Yeah, fuck that bear. Fuck that, that bear. bear. was like, but at fuck the same time, bear. like, go, go. Good job, bear. Like, no, but really, go fuck the bear. Honestly, that bear needed to get fucked. <laughs> no, that's fuck probably why. Good fuck that's probably what's upset. Fuck the bear. Yeah, that yeah. was probably yeah. why I was mad. Yeah, that's why I was mad. Yeah. I just want to get laid. 
<laughs> right, Christina? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's talk about the last movie star, shall we? Oh, yeah, but there was one more. Can I, I need to say one thing. Yeah. I need to say one thing. Go for it. He, this letter also acknowledged a film that I, sorry, I didn't include for a movie that has a horse in it. And that's Cat Baloo. Are you familiar with Cat Baloo? I'm not. No, oh, you're I not. Like, I like Cat Baloo. Yeah, I love that film. And it was the Hort was a very important with the uh, with Lee Marvin and so on. Yeah. So yeah, I know another, Mr. Magoo. Horse, yeah, okay. Yet another film with a horse in it. I just want to acknowledge that I wish I had included that in my top five last week. Okay. But you didn't. But you didn't, and now I'm walking away. <laughs> Epic yeah. fail. We just <laughs> lost our <laughs> guest, Ira. See you later, guys. Oh, I hope dear. you're happy. Oh dear. Fuck you, Brandon. <laughs> Walking out, go just fuck that bear. Just because. <laughs> go fuck that bear. Brandon casting and Foley. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about the last movie star. Cool. Last, Robert, talk us through it. All right. So the last movie star centers around a character, uh, Vic Edwards, if I'm remembering that name correctly. That starring right. uh, The movie stars, uh, uh, I'm about to say Burt Lancaster, Burt Reynolds. Uh, kind of playing a fictitious version of himself. It's kind of similar because we were just watching a movie last week, The Writer. Right. Where it's a fictitious version of themselves. And yep. that's kind of similar to what we're doing here. Although this is maybe a little bit more fictitious, but still eerily similar to uh, to Burt Reynolds' own persona. And he gets invited to uh, to a film festival in Nashville. He goes to the film festival, turns out to be a rinky-dink film festival, and, uh, and he decides he's going to take a little side trip to go back to Knoxville, his hometown, and, and take a little trip through memory lane. And along the way, he uh, brings his, his assistant who drives him. It's his assistant that the film festival has provided for him. And they seem like an odd pair, but they wind up forging a, a friendship and discover a little bit about themselves in the process. How about that? Mm. Yeah, that was pretty great. a little bit about himself in the process. That's true. Now, yeah. I have to say... That's true. Did you notice anything about the film like where it was set i believe it's where you were born that's and my raised. hometown it's no where way. you were born yeah. and raised. Really? yes i did notice that yeah really i did notice that. yeah i'm yeah. from knoxville i yeah. had no idea knoxville's an awesome place hell yeah i love knoxville that's I have, a great I place been to knoxville. I'm, I'm born and raised in knoxville and what's so funny is I, I purposely try to not watch trailers and i try to not know what the movie's really about until i watch the film sure and so when the when he's in the first few scenes, Burt Reynolds is watching uh, football on television, mm-hmm. and it's the Vols. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, they got the Vols. Because Knoxville never really gets brought up in films at totally. all. And I just noticed it. And I was watching it with my wife, and I was kind of like, I didn't even say anything to her. I just kind of mentally was like, oh, hey, there's a little, uh, a little Knoxville reference. I hope that comes back. <laughs> and, then, and then they fly to Nashville, and it's actually the Knoxville airport. And I know this because I'm very intimate with the airport there. I went, that's not Nashville's airport. That's yeah. Knoxville's airport. And I'm like, why would they do that? Why the fuck would they fly to Knoxville to shoot it? I'm like, maybe they couldn't afford Nashville? Because I, I thought the whole thing was going to be in Nashville. Yeah, I, you know, I, I never... There's like certain points where I get to like when working where I go, I only need to know this. <laughs> right. Tell me where you're shooting. Right. So I can like relay that to other people. Right. Why are your reasons for it? And that is on you guys. That's like, so funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, obviously, I, we have you here, and we got to ask you a little bit about that, the casting process. Please. Yes. yes. Did you cast yes. people from Knoxville in the film? No. So I didn't do any local casting. Okay. I did, um, you know, like everybody on this beautiful, on this little beautiful list right here. Um, <laughs> well, Burt Bert Reynolds, I think. Uh, he was attached. He when was I came already on attached, board. right? Okay. okay. And I remember reading the script. Adam and I had worked before on a film, and. Um, I remember reading the script, and there was a moment in the script, uh, and you guys might remember when he's a little drunk and he's on the 
on the little horse outside of like the Kmart, whatever it is, right. yeah. uh, grocery store. And that was the moment when I was reading it where I was like, I have to do this. Like, I mm. know I have to be a part of this. Um, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. And oddly enough, when I went and visited set, that was the night I showed up was huh. the night they were filming that scene. And oh. it was so surreal for me. It was so amazing. And seeing Bird and meeting him, I mean, it was it was one hell of an amazing experience. Yeah. For, for our listeners who aren't so familiar with how casting happens, walk us briefly through the process as a casting director. Sure. So it, it, it's different levels at, at different stages where, <clears throat> um, you know, you have your level of budgets, you have the you have your script, you have... But most, most importantly is your, your passion towards a project that I need to convey to agents, managers, uh, to be a guy's look. Like, you have to read this. Like, it's, it's something different. It's something special. It's not an $80 million action movie. Right. It's a, you know, a $2 million heart film. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it starts really there. Like, you have to be connected. I personally feel, as a casting director, if I'm not connected to it, it could be a $40 million budget film. If I don't know how to, like, convey my excitement for it, then I'm not, I probably won't do it. Like, I just can't see myself doing that. Um, so I think it starts there. And then sometimes someone's attached, like Burt Reynolds. Um and then it just goes the process. You see these characters, you, you, you come up with the ideas of who would be like really right for them. And finding uh, our Lil, yeah, finding our Lil was... I was curious about It that. was a very interesting process because Adam and I had spoke about how important it was to have somebody who actually grew up in a generation of not knowing Burt Reynolds at all. Right. And then comes Ariel Winter into our brains and, you know we think about how how influential she is on social media how how the television show that she that she's on is so modern influential family. modern family like she has this following now she's one hell of a little talented actress but i was like 20 bucks says she has no idea who burt reynolds is and oddly enough when she even was on set and first started working people would like even though she's on the hit show right now people would just walk right by her mm. and be like, oh my God, Bert, what's going on? And so it was this moment of like Lil really becoming her, her really becoming Lil because she was like, wow, this guy really means a lot to a lot of people. Right. Like genuinely. So I thought that was like really beautiful. I was like, from from what I heard, it was like a really and, and beautiful no, story. I, I don't mean any disrespect to her, but I'm sure, I, I mean, I grew up in Tennessee and I know just the street cred of the name. If uh, someone says, hey, Bert Reynolds is in town, or Ariel Winter. Or Ariel Winter is, sure. is in town. People are, Burt Reynolds? I mean, that just has more streak. And I don't mean any disrespect to her, but it's more None. to your point, right? None. It's exactly what we're talking about. And I think still today, even outside of Tennessee, I feel in most places, if you brought up Burt Reynolds or Ariel Winter, I'd imagine that most individuals would still recognize the Burt over the Ariel. Right. And, and it, they literally became, from what I saw on screen and what I heard and what I saw just like at premiere and all that, they just became best buds. They became buds, and it was it was a really beautiful thing. But the, I guess to get back to the process of it all, um, it's just yeah, you just come up with the, you come up with the ideas, people you think who will work, uh, communicate a lot with agents and managers, and mm -hmm. trying to see like who's this person, who's available, who could do this, who's there. You know, we only have this kind of budget, but this is really great. Like yada yada yada. And you find those people always ultimately at the end of the day 
who really just want to be a part of the story. Mm. The movie gods, whatever you want to call it, always shine down upon and always provide. And I love that. So did, you went to Tennessee, obviously. I went to Tennessee to visit set, yeah. Okay. And how long were you there? Like three days. Okay. I think I went for three days. Yeah, it was great. How long was the whole poisoning. shoot? Oh, no, food poisoning? Uh, yeah, I had like right outside our hotel, they had like a, like a crystal burger. I love crystal. I know. I thought so too until I had it that oh, night and I couldn't oh, get dear. off my hotel bathroom floor. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it does to you. That's, yeah, the, whole, that's was, the whole point. It was intense. It was it's a laxative, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was intense. What, what do you, when you go to set, do you go to, do you go just to check things out? Do you ever see... Your work s- is done, isn't it? When at that point, the moment, yeah, the moment, I always say the moment lawyers get introduced into things, entertainment lawyers, that's when I'm like, bye, next <laughs> role, you know, or like, bye, I'm still finishing this, or... Yeah, you know, or when in this circ- you know, in this particular film, when when all the principals were cast, you know, and that's on that's local now, and I go, hey, you need help? Let me know, or you know, please let me review like who you're going to be sending and who you guys are thinking about, because I honestly feel local casting is one of the hardest jobs there could ever be, and it's the hmm. most important because you never watch the big actor that takes you out of something; it's always that one day player role. That shows up and you're like, why did that person just right. do that? Like, where is that from? So day play, like the the local casting and day player roles are like my I'm I'm like always very nervous about who gets cast in that. And yeah. um, I believe it was Richie Walls who did it, and he did an amazing job doing the local casting. It was so good. Did you have Did you have uh, an uh a voice in bringing Chevy Chase into the role, or was he already friends with Bert, or how did so, that work? No, he wasn't friends with Bert. So what it was was we know we needed the the older best friend, right? Uh, someone who also would play the likeness of himself, right? Um, and uh, Eric Kritzer, who is an amazing man, manager of uh, Burt Reynolds, also manages Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. So we talked to Kritzer, who was a producer on it as well, and we were like, Eric, um, you know, what do you think about Chevy? And he was the one who really helped. Champ, like champion that into it. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And then, how did you get Ariel into the into the mix? So Ariel is we. You know, I I talked to her agents, um, and they thought this would be something really great great for her. And we made an offer, and she read it. She connected. She met with Adam, and the process just began down that road. With, she was wonderful in the movie. With her, she was, she was so sweet. Wonderful. I mean, she's so sweet. With her level, and and also with Clark. Are they auditioning? Are they doing like a read? How does that work exactly? So here's the thing. So that so Ariel did an audition. Clark knew. You um, said Ariel did or did not? Audition? Did not. We okay. made an offer. And and Clark, I'm actually casting a film of his right now that he's actually he wrote and he's directed and it's gonna be amazing. It's got a great cast so far and we're super excited. It starts in July. Um, but Clark was the biggest Burt Reynolds fan. You, one of the biggest Burt Reynolds <laughs> fans you could ever imagine. So. His rep was like, "Hey, he loves this. Can he come in, talk to you, meet you, like do whatever he wants to? He just loves this." I go, "Yeah, of course. Like, please." He comes in, we sit and talk for about twenty minutes. He has the material, and I go, "Hey, you just, you just want to like do one scene? Like, I don't need to see you do this. I know that you'd be so perfect for this." And he goes, "Yeah, let's just do one scene. Yeah, totally, sure, whatever you want." We do one scene. I go, "Great," and it was just a fun blast. I didn't need to see him do. Um, but he's such a pro, and he's so humble that it's not like 
this is above me to have to do this right. or anything like that. He loved Bert and he wanted to work with Bert and that's what he wanted to do. And so, yeah, it was great. Was That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I like that. I like those moments when we hear in the film industry where people get to work with their idols. You yes. know, these people that you grew up watching your entire life. Oh my gosh! And speaking of which, I do want to point out one of the best parts of this film is Bert working with his own idol himself yeah. from <laughs> the nineteen seventies. Yes, that was a cool scene. Those you know, were wanted, really nice moments. Scenes. That I think it was in the three of. I think there mm-hmm. were three t- episodes of that device in the film. Yeah, well, it could have. It, it was wait real quick. Right, it was. Explain. It was which one? It was uh, well, Smoking the Bandit, Smoky, Deliverance. Deliverance, Smoking the Bandit, and Cannibal? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I think those three movies. Yeah. And I want to say that that device could have backfired. <clears throat> it's one of yes. those things where it was very risky, and it could have been a grown but it worked. It worked. All three of those, it worked. It was very, very effective. It's but funny. Ira, we're going to re-edit this show so that you're talking, talking to... to myself. <laughs> yeah. There's two Ira. To an older There's podcast. The older Ira. Wait, am I the older Ira now or the younger Ira? You're the older Ira now. <laughs> I think sometimes Ira might be talking to him. No, I'm not. It's not oh, true. Now you're turning on me? No, Are no, you? no, no. Yeah. I think there so might be times they where turn. we're all talking to ourselves. <laughs> no, Adam, I thought, did... It was so amazing how... The threading of that yeah. just played out. I mean, it was it was it's it worked. It's it worked, and and Bert, I I you know I can't even imagine the, the hearing how much he was like that was just blew him away seeing that having those moments because that was all green screen and sure you know all that stuff. So but then seeing that then actually come to life on film and on the screen, he was blown away by it. Yeah. yeah, it was really sweet. It was really like. They selected the right moments from the right films mm-hmm. and really kind of captured a really really interesting moments and they were insightful in a almost poetic sort of way, right? Because the the dialogue can't work exactly, but mm-hmm. I'm, they massaged it in they a way that they extracted just the right moments. It was the yes. tonality and it was the exchange. It was, yes, it was poetic almost. I really like those. Yet moments. something cool. profound was exchanged yes. between the two of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we saw Burt Reynolds in Deliverance with a bow and arrow, they extracted just the right piece of dialogue. Right. Where he could talk to himself, mm-hmm. it was very well done. It was. Speaking of casting, too, I want to acknowledge uh, Kathleen Nolan. Yeah, from the, I used to have a crush on her. In the, <laughs> oh, Real McCoy's. She I was love in the Real that. McCoy's. Yeah, and and I did some uh, I did some research on this, and uh, that was a scene near the end of the film mm-hmm. uh, from Gunsmoke, an episode of Gunsmoke mm-hmm. that they were in together. So they put that near the end of the mm-hmm. movie, seeing what what they once were at one time. Such a it beautiful really moment powerful. when those two sat yeah. there, and that yeah. oh god, that was such a beautiful moment. I, I think this is like one. Of me personally, I mean, I've seen. I'm pretty certain I've seen every Burt Reynolds film, and I just loved. I don't know. I just loved what he was in this, and and that he just he's got it. He's just he's never lost a beat with anything that he's done. Like the charm that he exudes, the energy that he still has. It's it's beautiful. But yeah, there was still arc. I mean, I know what you're saying, and it is true. But there was still arc within his character, which is strange because. I mean, he starts out that way, but he still... I find that he changes. And I thought, for me, the most pivotal moment was when he was talking about bad choices. And, mm-hmm. you know, why yes. Why do these other people have all these other successes? And he just kind of has to... And it's almost like we see Burt Reynolds really admitting, I made some shitty choices in films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was oh, yeah. so revealing. And, mm-hmm. Wow, that's... Bad no, it's choices just- and also his reference to Act 3, both in a film and in life. Right. right. Mm-hmm. It's Act 3. That's the one where... 
it all God, comes you guys really yeah. I love it well, I yeah. love it this is great yeah. yeah no it's awesome do you do you know did Adam did Adam write it for him he, he would not have done the movie if Bert was yeah. not it yeah. yeah it seemed it was really he wouldn't like, have done it but it was, it's Adam Bert was Adam's childhood yeah. hero yeah. Oh, that's he beautiful. wouldn't have made the movie like there was no like oh, we wouldn't have nice. gone with Somebody else right, to play this. Ra- it wasn't another like fictitious. Yeah, with it was, Clint Eastwood. I mean, no, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's Bert. It definitely, it definitely felt like the film was written and directed by somebody who really had studied. Oh yeah, this actor. And oh really yes. was so familiar with their life, and and even was at a point where they could sort of write a a moment of sort of self recognition in. You know, yeah. I right. think one of the other things that really, uh, I I thought the film was really. And at times, like I said, poetic. It was just, it was really beautiful in moments. And one of the really nice moments that I liked was the bookended shots. Did you notice this, Ira? The beginning shot and the last shot were mirror images of each other in much the same way. Where like he the was searchers. watching TV? It was just a shot of his face. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the very, very uh, opening shot is him. I didn't even notice that. Uh, it's him sitting at the at the, the vet. vet. And it's just yeah. his face. And it's blank and it's flat. And he's holding his dog. We just kind of pull back. And the very last shot is kind of pushing in. And we see his face. And he finally lets loose a smile. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. It reminded I me of Florida. Do you remember us talking about the movie... The Florida Project, Project. Uh, where the girls were sitting in the um, in the little hallway in the hotel, and it was just that kind of blank. Uh, remember the the credits were rolling yes. over that kind of yes. textured feel, and it, the opening shot reminded me of that right. a lot. I don't know why it reminded me, but it just kind of had that similar feel of um, we're just kind of like letting life go by, right. and See, I like that. I don't know. I like I I didn't I don't know if I noticed that it opened on on him and him looking at us, but I love the last shot very much, and I also liked how you know we see him with his television sort of at the beginning of the film and then at the end, and he's brought things back with him like the goo like the goo goo candy or whatever it <laughs> yeah, is the goo goo bar yeah. yeah like he's brought it back he like he obviously there's that shot of him where he he tastes one when he's in Knoxville and you can tell how much he's missed it and that he's brought yeah. physically something back from this experience and his life isn't the same. You know, mm-hmm. one of the coolest moments that producer Joey pointed out was as we were watching it in the opening scene when he's watching. Oh, no, it's right after he comes home and is he's just put his dog to sleep. His old television from 1970s is sitting there and on top of it is a flat screen television <laughs> it's sitting on top of the TV. And I'm like, wow, you this it's so great. It's the art direction that's so beautiful because it really shows like right. in the 1970s, this was the shit. All yeah. the architecture, everything's yes. like, this is awesome. I know. I loved his I loved his house. It was just so like, and I made it and I bought this house. Yes. yes. It was perfect. And, and it was like 1978 the, and I was on top of the world. <laughs> and, and the this lighting is, high is still there yeah. and like the carpeting and the paneling. It just, it was truly awesome. And, and then it's kind of like, it's the way it's lit, it just kind of feels like, man, you, it's, it's your heyday is, has passed. It, it's a period piece and it yeah. feels and it feels so lonely yeah mm. that's that's it was such a it's such a big house mm-hmm. and he's there all by himself right mm-hmm. it, i really like those moments i thought they were cool. really nice it really was i've seen it about three times now and um it's i don't know it's just it's still like i've read it i was there like you know it you know what's gonna happen it just i don't know it still it still just affects me like seeing and maybe now meeting him and i think like i don't know how i'll ever beat you know, my name playing on a title card right before Burt's. Like, <laughs> so I don't, I just don't know how, what I'll ever. You're going to make another movie where your name scratches out his name. It's <laughs> <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's just, yeah, it's, um, 
he is a beautiful man. Absolutely beautiful man. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we do on the show is we talk about what we call money shots. And so these are shots that we will remember about the film as we move forward. If we, if you don't watch the film for five years and then someone says, oh, what's, what, what shot do you remember from the movie? So, Ira, what about you? What's your money I shot did, for this and movie? And I prepared this time too, Robert. I have my money shot. <laughs> I, I actually remembered I, to think about it in the car. Yeah. I'm proud of myself. Uh, <laughs> it was probably in like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. Maybe it was deeper into that. But when he arrives at the film festival and there, a lot of the kids with their camera phones snapping pictures, snapping pictures, and that dissolved beautifully into back in the 1970s or 80s where we saw the paparazzi in front of a premiere with their large bulky cameras mm-hmm. and that dissolved into a montage of what he was there was something about that moment showing the transition of time from the now to back then that was beautifully done mm-hmm. uh, I'll go next uh, my money shot it's it, on a, in a way I guess it's unfair because it's also from Deliverance but it's them uh, on in that canoe uh, just seeing both the Burt Reynolds that's such a trippy uh, image and I, I just really dug it. I thought that was really nice. I do have to say, and, and I hope you uh, don't take offense, I do have one problem with the film and it is a money shot. So I'm sorry to say it, but I, I got to reveal it. Uh, Adam, he's talking to you. <laughs> it might be to the to the wardrobe, but uh, as, as Ariel, as Lil, is walking toward us in the... Um, okay, so... Burt Reynolds passes out in the, uh, I shouldn't say Burt Reynolds, it's Dick Edwards, passes out in the in the lobby of the hotel, and then he kind of gets picked up by this uh, wedding that's going on in a nearby room, and he starts singing a song. And then Lil kind of walks down and, and walks close to the stage, and she's wearing next to nothing. Yes. And everyone else is dressed up in all of the tuxedos. And it, I guess, like... I would hope that there would be some level of shame. And that's definitely a money shot for me because she doesn't seem to show any shame that she's just walking <laughs> in with her booty hanging out and just like, it was incredibly inappropriate and no one was really like gawking. And I think everyone would have been like, oh my gosh, that, that was like the one shot that kind of stood out for me of like... I wonder though if like to play like devil's advocate on that, I guess, is like even though you have this woman who's like so, or this child really, you know, young young adult who's so like, you know, sexually dressed and like very like wearing next to nothing but that goes to in a, in a room full of people in tux but that goes to a testament of who quote vic edwards is was i.e burt reynolds i mean everyone's focus and attention wouldn't even matter was just that's drawn a fair on point him. i hadn't considered that like he's just he's just that magical right. like you doesn't matter no one like no I, one's looking at the sexy naked girl yeah no one's yeah no one's looking at the sexy naked girl exactly i i, I definitely thought about that too not that she would be self-conscious because that's what she wears mm-hmm. and she's totally at peace with it and i i don't think she would question what she was wearing in any context she just doesn't seem like that kind of kid um i don't know if i would believe that though because oh definitely because i think like I, i'm comfortable in what i'm wearing right now but if i was to go to a wedding no, no, no. But she doesn't distinguish. Like, she wears the same thing everywhere. Like, that's just her uniform. It's her outfit. It's, like, her thing. I guess I don't, I don't believe that for her character. Her character is not situationally unaware. And, and I'm not trying to shit on the movie. She's pretty Please unbalanced, understand. though, I feel, with, like, pills, the meds, and all the kind of stuff that she's on. I think she does walk through a perpetual state of, like, in this moment only right now. For me, it was the it was a, a false note that didn't quite work. And believe me, please, I'm trying to... I do love the movie. I so love it. No, I think these are great. I love this. But I, I want to be honest with people that are listening to the podcast. Sure. You know, and I don't want them to feel like, oh, we're, we're just sucking the movie's dick because Brandon's here. And no, I love I, it. I like the movie. But I, I did have a problem with that. It pulled me out. I went, I... 
I guess the people would react. I, I thought that the girls the girls who were dressed up in fancy princess no I have a I have a daughter who's four so if I, if a woman walked in a young woman walked in and the girls in princess dresses would notice because she's close to their age mm-hmm. and she's not wearing what they're wearing so sh- they would notice because there are these two girls like um, frame right. And they turn and they kind of notice her, but they don't react. And for, so for me, that was just a little. So I remember that moment because yeah. that for, for me, I was like, oh, the girls would yeah. really. So that was just, but that was like a little thing that doesn't, you know. But it was literally what, maybe five seconds out of the whole film that just bumped me. No, no, she like walks nice. right in yeah. and like, you know, it's like maybe you could have like stayed in the I, back. And like I, that's what I would have said. You know like, I mean? do like, we need her to walk all the way in? Because I think we could have. I think it could have been shot in a different way where she hangs out in the back. <laughs> sure. But who, I mean, look, I didn't make the movie, so I, it's always easy to, for somebody else to come in and go, oh, Fuck you should have done this, this, and this. So I'm sorry, Adam, if you're listening to this, I'm not shitting on your movie, but just one thing I... Was it a, was it a, was it, how many shoot days did they have? Was it a, was it a uh, fa- I was think it was production? three weeks, yeah, if I remember really correctly. Fast. That's fast, yeah. Yeah. I think it was three weeks. That's yeah. fast. Yeah. Are you going to say something? Yeah, I, I want to say something too. And again, we're really happy that you're here. But I want, and Adam, if you're listening to this, I really enjoyed our email exchange. But I thought this movie was total shit. And fuck the bear. I do want to articulate this point, but let me finish the point too. That it was a very formulaic movie. Mm. The whole thing with the old man with the punk girl, that we've, we've seen that before. The fact Vic's true love has Alzheimer's, helping her break out of the hospital and so on. Wait At a the end, that, That's a... That's formulaic to break her out of the hospital? Yeah, yeah. Like one flew over to Cuckoo's Nest? I was just going to say Cuckoo's oh. Nest. I was gonna say, but let, let me just finish this point that uh, she kisses the right guy at the end. She has her art show at the end. It was formulaic to pull on our heartstrings, but it worked. Mm. That's what I want to say. Mm. Do you disagree with me? On I don't know that it's so formulaic. It's well, it's, it's, it's a, got it, formula it was, to it. Yeah, I, but it, I feel it, like it, every it, film does in a way. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, I think it's that it's a, it's a, it's a, it was a little neat. Let's put it this mm. way. That's it was I'm, a little even, neat. And let me just even the dog, putting the dog down at the very beginning, that it was to pull on our heartstrings, and it worked. It worked. But in that sense, too, it was a tidy beginning to get us on board and feel the pathos yeah, for this person. It. But well, I also I, feel it's like a, that's like a great analogy of where he's at in his life sure. almost, though, where he, as that know, old dog who, yeah, who needs right. to be put Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That was not lost. I, I, yeah. I right, 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 right. I, I do think. But I, I, I hear what you mean. Yeah. I hear, too, what you're saying. And I think even like the, the, the guy that was in love with her since fifth grade, we knew she's going to end up yes. with him by the end of the yes. movie. Yes. And she's going to have the art show at the end. Right. We knew that. We knew that. And, in, and I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. I want to say it resonated with me. Robert, a couple of weeks ago, you said that Chappaquiddick stayed with you. Yes. Well, this movie certainly affected me and has stayed with me. That's and sweet. part of it, let me also articulate this point, that I am a little bit older than you guys. I I'm, I'm happen to be seven years old. Are you in old. Act 3, Ira? I, I am <laughs> an Act 3. I am an Fairly Act 3. Ira. You are not an Act 3. I am. I'm seven He's years old. He's just beginning Act 1. Like, yeah, please. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and I remember so well with Burt Reynolds, as we all know, when he was it. After Deliverance with, with Smokey and Cannonball Run and, and these other films. And on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, with Dom DeLuise. And there was one scene where you saw the ready whip down the pants. Mm-hmm. There was another moment with the cutting of neckties. And Burt Reynolds was a movie star. And I think the fact I'm a little bit older, perhaps, made me resonate even more with mm-hmm. the character and with the movie. So yes, I want to emphasize that these beats that I mentioned are indeed formulaic, but it worked. Mm. It worked. That's awesome. You know, one thing that I really did like is that they didn't, um, Burton Reynolds didn't become a caricature of himself mm. 
And he also, even with, with all the talk about, uh, you know, hashtags and Instagram and, and uh, you can use all of this new technology, it was very evident that he didn't use it, but he didn't scoff at it either. He wasn't like, oh, you damn whippersnappers with your, your texting and your, your fidgety foops and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like, no, that's what you do. That's not what I do. And I'm over here reminiscing. And you're over there texting. That's fine. Do that. And I, I like that. I, I think it's more respectful of both generations. And I, I'm appreciative of that. Yeah. And I, that was really nice. Nicely done. I really appreciated the um, the desire to go and back to where you come from and to remember. Yeah. Like, you know, as especially if you, you know, you're geographically se- separated from where you grew up. You know, you get back into your hometown and you want to check things out and you want to see what's changed and Mm -hmm. you want to remember what it was like when you were a kid. And so I really, I, you know, uh, different careers and lives, but I totally appreciated that. I really love the scene where he was just staring at the stadium in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. And she's like, he's just staring there. He's just staring at the stadium. (laughs) I don't know what he's doing. He's just standing in the middle of the street, staring at the stadium. I don't know like when the heck we're going to get out of here, but like, that's what's going on. And I like appreciated that. Like, you know, you're just taking it all in. You're, you're remembering a million things. I just, I really liked him standing in the street. I appreciated that. I love that. That's cool. So, uh, those are my money shots. What, what were your money shots? That was Christine? my money shot. That standing in the street? Mm. Standing in the street. All right. And, wh- and what about you, Brandon? What's your money shot? If you never see this film again for five years, what will be the shot or shots that pop to your head when somebody mentions it? I think it's just, I would say shot or moment. Sure. It will take scene. moment. I, I feel like that's when he first is, he just gets really hammered after he gets off the horse and that mm-hmm. first thing in there and he's in. He's in his hotel room and it's, he's just in that having that spin moment, and he's just spinning and he sees like the the prostitutes outside making out and, with the glass. Yeah, and he's making out. The, I mean, that was just such a vulnerable moment that I feel he allowed himself to really just play in. Mm. Um, and I really love that. And I mean, and how Adam was able to capture and and manipulate him like slipping and hitting his head on that TV. Yeah. I mean, every time I've ever seen it in a full crowd and audience, everyone, everyone. I mean, th- yeah. that reaction is I, so. I did the, the same. same thing. I did you know? the same thing. Yeah. Producer Joyce giving look because I was definitely. Ah! Yeah. And you know, as an older and like, yeah. you know, an older individual, that that could be extremely Like, I mean, that could be that fatal. Could be fatal. Uh, right. You know, so it's yeah. such a it's such a moment. Uh, that whole moment to me, him when he's just he's just off his rocker. Ira, if you go out, is that how you want to go out? <laughs> Slipping on the pills and banging your head into a TV? No, I think you should put me in Bangkok with an Asian horror. You want to get fucked to death? With a smile on my face. You said Asian horror? Horror, yeah. Horror? Horror. Horror? Horror. Oh, it's like an Asian horror Horror. movie in Bangkok. not a horror movie. No, 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 I'm just playing. Bang your head on an Asian horror. (laughs) That's how I'd like to go out. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Ira? (laughs) It's pretty cheap to do that over there. I'm 97 years old. Oh, you're very pretty. You, you look much younger than that. Oh, thank you. You're such a doll for saying that. I don't think I believe you, but it feels good to hear it anyway. You're bleeding a lot. <laughs> you ruined my TV. <laughs> <laughs> I take your money now. 
and scene. Those are the, the role-playing. I yeah. like this yeah. guy. Like Randy, do we have anything? Any chemistry? Do you yeah, see yeah. anything yeah. for us? Uh, Just yeah. Yeah. We are available. We are available for your next project. Brandon. We're going to put a pin in it. Yes. We're going to put, put a pin a in it. Pin in it. Uh, you Let's know, take what? the pin out, Brandon. Let's back the pin out. Put a little pin in that right there. You know, you said Clark is doing something soon. He's probably going to need somebody. Oh, so. yeah. Clark is ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he just needs a... Clark, you hear this? An old we buffoon got it, and it, his bud. handsome sidekick. Yes. Excuse oh, me. Dear. What was the old buffoon between the two of us? Uh, uh, let's put a pin in that, Ira. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what else? Oh, so we got to rate the film. Yes. All right. And this is the part that gets awkward because we have part of the filmmaking team inside. In hey, the no. I'd be and honest. This is great. I'm going to make turn to me. All right. Wow, F, F minus. Okay. F minus. Everybody, no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> what do we think? What do we think of the film? Um, wow. I go, Christina. I really liked the journey. I really liked the character. I liked the actors. I will say that I think it was a very strong script, but sometimes I felt that some of the actors were in different places. Okay. Interesting. And um, and that I and that made it hard for me. At times, I was bumped out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So overall, I'd say B plus. B plus. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. And again, with the um, with these with the points that I mentioned earlier about being formulaic, but it worked. It was still pulling out my heartstrings. I also am going to give the movie a B plus 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 <laughs> plus. <laughs> I this movie had uh, I, I I kind of see what you're saying about the, the actors sometimes I, I don't know if I would say they're in different places but they it bumped me occasionally but for the most part it was it was a beautiful love song to yes. a career and a and an era in the entertainment industry it was it was really well done and it was more than just fan fiction it was I agree uh, it was part of the conversation and I really liked that about the film um, it was also kind of a love song to Knoxville of all places which is fucking weird like for me especially because just, that's my hometown and it never gets mentioned it never gets mentioned except for in Quentin Tarantino films that's where I feel like Speaking he'll just throw which, what's that Burt Reynolds is cast in Tarantino's next movie oh is he mm-hmm. I read that oh, I, I read that. that yeah well, well they, that? they can they can sit back and kibitz over uh over Knoxville. Anyway, so, sorry, yes. Uh, I think I would give the film. I think I'm going to give the film an A minus. Oh. Uh, I I really liked it. It's definitely a film that I would want to watch again, and and I I would like to turn other people on to. I'm glad that we're reviewing on this on this show. I think it's a good film to watch, and um, I think it it has it has some problems. You know, I as we were talking about our film, uh, we made a film this past year called Thirty Love, and I think there's problems with our film, and. I, Actually, we'd rate this movie above ours. I would say ours is probably a B plus, and I think this is. Well, I'd give this movie an A minus. I'm not it. promoting our film very well, am I? No, you're not. Can this be edited out? <laughs> it can be. Let's see if I actually edit it yeah, out. Yeah, anyway, yeah, uh, nice yeah. So job, give it an A minus. I think that's awesome, and I, you know, it's like my thing is like, uh, you know, films art, so it's all subjective. And like, I right. this first time I saw it, it was I I I watched it, and I was like, I liked it, and I saw it again, and I liked it more. I don't know what it was, but I saw it again and I liked it more. I do think it could. I have. I've only seen it once, but yeah. I do think it could be one of those kind of films that needs a, a second viewing to really make it all click. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like when you understand where the things as you were saying are going, like mm-hmm. I feel it. It it then it, it 
I don't know. Like there's this. Let's the second go around to, to me, like it just it it hit. It, I don't know. It hit me a little bit more for some reason. What grade would you give the film? <sighs> I don't know. I, Everyone's I would, listening. No, I would, <laughs> I would probably say like. Well, A24 is legally says I have to say an A+, plus, so I guess no. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, part of your contract. Yeah, part of your contract. You gotta, um, when you go on a shitty film podcast, <laughs> you're going to have to say it's an A+. Plus. No, I would, but the good I, news is we're not shitty, so woo! go ahead. Get free. I, I, would, I would honestly, I think, go with the B+. Plus. B I plus. really would. Right. I would go with the B+. Plus. So I'm, get a I'm the one giving the hash Adam rating. Nah, Adam Adam's doesn't care about this. Right. Adam loves it. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> what are you bullshitting me? I thought I we had were a cool. B plus. Yeah, I think, but that's I think that's, that's amazing. Good, but that's In great. my opinion, oh, with like, yeah. the amount of stuff that's coming out nowadays, yeah. like no, no, please. Yeah, I think it's. I think. Uh, I think we've had. I, I. I will notice that Robert's grades are going up, and Ira and my grades have been going down. Yeah, I'm. I'm a softie. Oh. I, I think, but not. Seven weeks ago, you weren't. I don't know. There's been a change. Yeah, when you guys did Airbud, I couldn't imagine. Uh, please, <laughs> it was Airbud three. You're right. I'm you. sorry. I'm sorry. Come on now. <laughs> the first Airbud is you don't even review that. You film. don't it's ever. So good. Talk about yeah. That. Uh, you know, but I think that when you came in, I had already set a pretty high. I think my scores have been traditionally very high on this show. Have I they? love films. Yeah, I think so. That's, is that fair to say? Yes, with a few except yes, it's right? fair to say. Okay. Generally speaking, yeah. I thought Ira was a softie, and you were the no. I, uh, you were the tough one. The only time you've been truly misguided is with Mother. <laughs> Ira and I strongly disagreed about Mother. Disagree. Mother, I refuse to watch it. Good, smart move. I'm not a big Jennifer yeah. Lawrence fan. Is that bad? No, that's healthy. It, it yeah. is if you uh, want to ever cast her. I don't know if I'll. I don't know. Like I'm probably okay. I'm just not, not casting her? Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm personally, I, this is probably She, she was like going through her Rolodex. All right, Crest. Who are you a big fan of? Who do you love? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, we don't probably have enough time for me to just start so going down this. One or two. One or two. Um, from. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Sure. Um, from an actor standpoint, like, I would say. Man, I, I love what Domino Gleason. I, I love Domino Gleason. Um, I'm trying like new, new uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, he's can really do strong. no wrong. My eyes, uh, and that guy has always everything I've ever seen a man has Although, been amazing. He never smiles. He's always very serious. He's always very serious. He's uh, you know he needs to do like Hot Tub Time Machine Part Three or something like that. <laughs> with Just, Clark, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with Clark too. Yeah. Um, uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. He does, like, he's, he, I mean, he plays these more, like, serious roles, though, yeah, I feel. Which that's is what I'm saying. Thing. I can't wait to see him do, like, a Dumb and Dumber comedy. That's what I mean. I think it'll be amazing, because I bet he's, like, he's a weird guy, I bet, like, in the best of ways possible. Yeah. Um, but then you got, you know, the Robert Downeys, who, you know, just fantastic at what he does, and, and, and Daniel Day-Lewis, and the Meryl Streeps, and I mean, there's... Who are those? So, who are they? Who, I don't know. There's like yeah. some hacks. Oh. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I could go on forever. Did you know that uh, Ira actually coached Daniel Day-Lewis for a little while? Daniel Day-Lewis was <laughs> researching a role 
Alright. I was gonna say, you how is this, with me? How is this going with noise? this? Yeah, how is this going? Brandon's look clearly, I mis- clearly stated. I miss mentor. No, 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 Ira. no, no. He still no, thinks no. I was going somewhere. I was gonna no, make you no, look no, like no, a no, hero. Yeah, I was like, you made noise. You, yeah. I was like, Daniel Day Lewis. I was like, that's great. That'll be amazing. All right. I taught him everything he knows. I figured. I can tell that. I can tell. Yes, because you guys have such respect (laughs) for the acting craft as we established. How dare you? No, 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 no. Respect is something different. I respect it. Uh I just don't think it's as hard as you think it is. In fact, I'm the one who told. Agree to disagree. I'm the one who told Daniel Day Lewis, I think you need to retire. And you told Danny, 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 baby. It's time to retire. That's his mantra now. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Dead Corner, Ira. Uh, dead Corner. Who oh, died this week? I, our guest. I want, you're going to like this I'm going to die? No, you're going to like this. Uh, our guest died. Listen, our guest. No, Who died this week? Our guest. Brand, listen, got to tell you, unfortunately, you must. The following people have turned to dust. Huh? That, huh? Hey, huh? honestly. Come on. That's my yeah, favorite one. Yeah, I like this favorite. guy. Brandon, do I not like encourage him. Guy. I am encouraging this so yeah. hard. No. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Uh, the Dead Corner highlights. These are highlights. Someone passed away, you guys. Um, and and I want to pronounce her last name, Cotes, C-O-A-T-E-S, 92-year-old British film editor. Get this, you guys. She won the Oscar for Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. In addition to that, she she edited edited the following films. Uh, she did The Elephant Man in the Line of Fire, Out of Sight, Aaron Brockovich. She also received an honorary Oscar a couple of years ago, a Life Achievement Award. Uh, she passed away. We should also mention that Margot Kidder uh, died earlier You're kidding. Today. So she does. She's only 69 You're kidding about old. Kidder. <laughs> Come on. Wow. You know, I want to tell you. You I guys saw, make the perfect pair because yeah, of these yeah. reasons. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. why this is great. Margot Kidder. Margot <laughs> You're kidding. Kidder was in a. Um, Who? A, a not particularly well known version of Pygmalion. And Peter O'Toole was Professor Henry Higgins. She was brilliant in it with her Cockney accent. Obviously, she was Eliza Doodle. Anyway, she passed away. I loved the moment Wait. in Superman. Who died? Margot Kidder. Don't. You're don't, kidding. Don't, don't, don't. The moment in Superman for me when they're flying together. And it's can you read my mind? That will stay. Can you read my mind? Okay. So wait, they're both dead. Yeah. So uh, Anne and Margot <laughs> are dead. If if we could just whirl third... back the Earth, if we could reverse. Oh, the that Earth was the spin. second one. That just that was so fucked up. Yeah, make the Earth spin backwards, go back in time. Wait, you think it's save, not true? To save Lois Lane, but with that argument, have we ever talked about this? <laughs> if it, with that premise then all bad things can be resolved by making the Earth go backwards and go back in time a day. Yeah, but we really just need to save Lois. That's really what's important. So yeah, fuck Hitler, fuck yeah, World I War II. I know, I know. <laughs> all right, so we lost the editor, the brilliant British editor, Margot Kidder, and also Kirk Douglas passed away earlier today. No way. No way. Yeah. Holy Losing shit. Losing them all. Yeah. Fuck. That's awful. You're kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we do have a game we're going to play before we get to our oh, top five. we do. Five. Good. Good. Yeah. And this week's game is Know Your B.O. <sighs> Mine smells like lilacs. Uh, Brandon, so here's how the game works. All right. Uh, Producer Joey has pulled a few different films for us. She's going to present the film. These are all, I think, Burt Reynolds films. Is that right? Okay. Burt Reynolds films. And she's going to name the film. And we have to guess what the all-time box office is or the opening weekend. What's that? All-time box office for this I'm film. Be horrible. So at we need this. to figure out how much money has this movie grossed at the box. Will office. you tell us the oh, up to date today? Yes. Now it's just box office, not including DVD sales or anything like that. It's just the box office results for the film. Will you let us know? Can she tell us when the year it was released? 
Is that able to be done? Is that's that allowed? That's I think a good so. Point. Yeah, I think I think that's acceptable. Do you have that, producer Joey? Oh yeah, she's gonna look it up for okay. us. Okay. All right. So now here's how it works. That's a good point. Are we using today's contemporary dollar value? In other words, if the movie's thirty years old. Ira, we, we use... were like we were like hundred and thirty six million dollars <laughs> off last time. I don't think it's that's gonna really affect million million dollars. I love how you're like busting out your economic theory. Yeah. You're like <laughs> Milton Friedman says. <laughs> Uh, so listen, you're going to need to, uh, to, to get as close as you can. All right. It doesn't matter if you go over or under, so there's no, uh, Bob Barker rules here. Got it. And then, uh, it, and then whoever wins the most wins the game. All right. Nice. So you win the round and we're not going to, we're not going to keep track like we did last time. Last time we were doing a bunch of math. This time yeah. we've changed it around so that, uh, the math just, took us like 45 minutes. How <laughs> dare you? It was only like 43. It was really a long time. All right. Producer Joey, what's the first film? What do you got? You want to speak up right in here? Uh, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. All right. Oh. So Boogie Nights, 1997 was a year. All right. I thought it was earlier than that. Boogie Nights. All right. So, uh, Ira, do you want to give uh, Brandon a little? Actually, Brandon, we'll have you go first. So the rest, everybody else has got to lock in their answers. Ira, especially you, because you cheat. I and you, cheat. I, I did the. Price I gotta right go thing. first. I was gonna I base went, a lot of myself off your guys' answers. It's okay. No, 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 it's you okay. Go first. You don't uh, don't I think like we know anything. One dollar over do. under what you come up with, but I won't play that way. No, anymore. you can't. Okay. Right. I'll be more ethical. Okay, um, Brandon. Uh, domestic. Domestic. Forty-four. <laughs> forty-four million. dollars. Right, forty-four, 44 million. yen. Forty-four yen. <laughs> All right, forty-four million. Ira, what do you say? That's interesting. Now, you wrote it down, right? <laughs> you wrote down your answer. No. no, Ira, you're supposed to write it down. Lock it in. Come on now. <laughs> you're cheating. You're going first next round, Ira. <laughs> All right, what do you got? This is the what period of time? This is the oh first. Oh my gosh! Just say your answer. Ninety-seven, ninety-seven. Yeah, I know. And for how long? This is the first weekend. No, it's for the entire All time. All right. Um, I'm going to say um, um, 118 million. 118. 79. 79. I, I may be way out of here, but I'm going for it. 623 million. Holy what? shit! Since 97. Since yeah, but like I don't know. That's what I'm saying. If it's all time, what is it, Joey? What's the answer? Twenty six million dollars. That's what twenty six. Damn. They're not meant to make a lot of money. That's not what they're for. Like, what's his face? PTA. He's not trying to. He doesn't care about making that dime back. Man. Well, this is what Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to suggest it was not obviously a huge, huge blockbuster. It was an acquired taste. But yeah, because there's a that, shit ton of dicks and boobs and yeah, fucking like you yeah. can't like. So a lot of people answer. are going. It was to almost that. an art movie. Yeah, it was almost I an art can't movie. understand this and because it, that's what draws him to the. <laughs> <laughs> and it was long, so that's going to cut down on the number long? of screenings. Oh, it's penis. Yeah, you, at the, you don't know anything about long. It's, it's penis at the end of the movie. Penis. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Long, long as your dick. All right, so who won that round, producer Joey? Clearly me, right? Clearly you. All right, Brandon, nice job. You won. All right, what's the next film, producer Joey? Strip Tease from 1996. Holy 1996 shit. is Strip Tease. You're not cheating over there, are you? Oh, God, no. Okay. All right, Ira, you're writing it down this time? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, Demi Moore, Strip Tease. Strip -tease. I'm say. Right. I mean, but that's, I feel that's the same vein as what it was with Boogie Nights, so I don't believe it's going to be high. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm going to say 35 million. Okay. Because of Demi Moore. Ira? Uh, I wrote down 77 million. 77 million. 17. 
17. Wow. Whoa. Whoa, low ball. And oh. I said 58 million. Now, I, it's going to be amazing for me to hear that striptease made more money than Boogie Nights. It grossed $4 billion. Did it? Did <laughs> it make more money? No way. Wow. What Ooh. was it? All right, so the answer is? 33.1. Brandon, did you just win an I'm round? straight killing this, guys. Oh, I gotta be honest. Man. Oh my. <laughs> I'm impressed. Wait, how much did Boogie Nights gross? 24? 26 million. 26? Okay. Wow. Okay. Brandon All right. again. We have yeah. a third one, right? Woohoo. I gotta get back in this game. Smokey and the Bandit from 1977. 1977, Smokey and the Bandit. All right, all right. All right. I mean, that was a huge Go ahead and success. lock in your answers yeah, yeah, yeah. here. But then again, back then, a movie ticket yeah. was like $3. Right, right, right. right. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say that's made $68 million. $68 million. Ira, what do you got? No, I actually went very high. I'm out of control. I wrote 276, 276 million. 276. That's correct. All right, what do you got, Christina? 47. 47. I'm, I'm trying to get back in this game. My only chance is to get low ball here. So I'm going to say 28 million. Producer Joey? Oh. What is it, Joey? Brandon won again. Wow! <laughs> Brandon! A hundred and twenty-six million. What did you say nice. it was, man? Sixty-eight. Wow. I feel. What did you say? I said two seventy-six. Yeah, he was way off. Not uh, way off. I was actually. Just no, he was doing high. okay. I wasn't right. I wasn't way off. Well, you were over a hundred million off. <laughs> he was just barely over a hundred. So how much does it make? Ira, you were further away than I was. Is that true? Yeah. Hundred twenty-six million. I was. I was a hundred and two million off. You were like 150 million off. <laughs> but, but, but Robert, you did better than the 500 and or 600, 600 and something million, million you were off. I don't know, man. Round. Everybody Boogie knows Boogie Nights. Nights, and I'm figuring it. We should have a little trophy for Brandon, like what Burt Reynolds' we character totally got should. at the end of the film. I just think we should be turn a, it we, on, we, have the little flickers be, of yes. like a fan. We should have a trophy like Dirk Diggler showed at the end of Boogie Nights. Yes. <laughs> Someone give me a giant cock, please. <laughs> And now this program has changed to something. Not at all. No. Now it's a different show. All that happened is you just made yourself the fourth permanent guest. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's your great line. Someone give me a giant cock, please. Hurry. I want it. I deserve it. I won this goddamn contest. Fuck the bear. Yeah. Fuck yeah. the bear. Look at look at Christina. I, you know it's I'm I'm immune to this. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have been brought in if you weren't immune to it's this. All, because, it's uh, all good. It's all good. Brandon, you have found your people. Yeah, right. <laughs> found your people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess that takes us into the top five, doesn't it? It does. The top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Okay, so our top five this week is top five resurrected. Careers, is that right? Resurrected careers. careers. All right, resurrected careers. That's correct. Whew. Yeah. This was another really tough one. Was it? I, I had too many. I thought, well, I had too I, I had too many, I too. I always have too many, but I still feel like it's one of, there's some, there's some of these top fives where you can like really research them and yeah. kind of figure it out and do it really quickly. This is one where I'd be like, what about this person? Yeah, and that's Is what, that a resurrection? Like, I think I did resurrection- and I, was, I didn't know to cheat on Resurrection and Reinvented. I think it's one of these sort I of think I take it. I tried, Well, I tried to stick more with the Resurrection. All right, the Resurrection? Like Christ? Well, I tend like, to... Yeah. <laughs> Every actor who has born, been born again. <laughs> yes. That's, <laughs> That's John a great Boyd. Resurrection. I have John Boyd. Perfect. I have. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, Ira, do you want to start? I'm going to go first. Why don't you go first? And we do a five, four, three, two, one. As you know, we are going to begin with our number five. All right, okay. what's your number and five? For Ira? My number five, I put down. <clears throat> I went mostly with actors. One is not an actor, but I went with actor Robert Blake. Ooh. Robert Blake, you guys, goes all the way back. The to murder. Our, that was the I'll resurrection. That. Oh. It goes all the way back to our gang, our gang comedies. Look at Christina. She's yeah, not her buying face. it. He's like, what? She's not buying a finger on her. No, head. I'm just trying yeah, to remember Yeah, but look what he did. He was in is. The Little Rascals. He was a child actor. He was in the Red Rider serials in the 1950s. Somehow and I then didn't he get did to some see B those. stuff, but then In Cold Blood came along. Ah. 1967, Richard Brooks. It's a beautiful film. film. And ma- an incredible movie. Conrad Hall shot it. He yeah. was a cinematographer. And I know and, what you're going to talk about. I know that? what you're going to say. Boobs. Is it. it possible for you to talk about In Cold Blood without talking about the tears streaming down? With the, you always bring that up every time we talk about In Cold Blood. Yeah, I do. You bring it up this time. You say it. With like the the window, it's yeah. like raining, yeah. and it's yeah. like it looks like tears going down his face. Yeah, Robert, you remember things. Uh, so do you, bud. You guys are cute together. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so super cute. cute. I love they're they're cute together. It's a, it's a my it's wife a lo- is right there, Brandon. Can I finish here? Prior to In Cold Blood, he was doing a string of B movies. After In Cold Blood, he did a lot of important films. Tell them Willie Boy is here and so on. He was reinvented, rediscovered, resurrected, whatever we want to say. And then he did Beretta and then he killed his wife at my favorite Italian restaurant in Studio City. Okay, so we made a little error in life, okay? Wait, is there more than one Italian restaurant in Studio City? Vitello's. Is there more than that one? The Name Italian, another one. That's the only one that there exactly. is. Vitello's <laughs> Italian restaurant. Sweet murder's wife. But seriously, I put him down as my number five choice for resurrected careers. And didn't he okay? murder outside the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, it was two blocks away by our car. Right. Look, the bitch probably deserved it. Probably. Easy. Easy. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. yeah. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was telling this to somebody the other day. It was like uh, somebody said, uh, oh, so-and-so, uh, Sally Smith, my favorite person. And I realized whenever you say someone is your favorite person, it inevitably means they're anything but your favorite Sarcasm. person. Sarcasm. Yeah. Sarcasm. But I don't think you ever say someone is your favorite person without m- not meaning it. Except for you, Producer Joey. You are my favorite person christina what's your number five (laughs) you know i had a little trouble ranking things i got a little confused in my mind i you know all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go now my some of my resurrections weren't exactly people who were off the radar they were doing good work yeah but they just maybe weren't really in the spotlight and then a project came along that really changed the spotlight for Mm. them that's a resurrection i'm with you on that one because i have some we're all on board with your premise okay yes so for me helen mirren the Queen, 2006. Okay. She yeah. was kind of making, she was doing some voice work, she had some roles, but all of a sudden, she was the star of the film, and then her career not only took off, but she became really kind of popular. Like, she was featured in all these magazines, and she was really sort of touted as this sort of mature sex symbol, and like, she just became sort of a thing. Mm. Um, so the, and I feel like The Queen really did that for her. True. Yeah. I considered putting her on my list as well. But I decided not to because she's a woman. Yeah, I Damn. know. I know how you guys feel about the ladies. Damn. Joey, I feel for you. These are Joey. You know, <laughs> you saying that, I'm going to, oh, man, I, I just give me a scoop of ice cream. So I'm going to, uh, I got an extra one I'm going to throw in at the end, but I'm not going to say it now. What do you got, Brandon? What's your number five? So the ranking part, it was difficult for me to do the ranking of it all. Just and I did, I then like. did debate it on the like. Not necessarily did were they hot on the scene, then went away, then came back, but something that might have like, whoa, 
Where did that come from? And I guess I'm going to start with Robert Downey Jr. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I feel there was a moment where he was completely in, and then he became completely unbondable. No one wanted to hire him. And now he's the face of one of the most sought-after franchises. Well, and well-earned, right? I mean, he and comes well, back with, with yeah. Iron Man and really so knocks good. it out of the park. Knocks so out of the park. Good. I mean, he's, yeah, and he does no, I mean, he's one of the best actors, I think, hands down on the face yeah. of the planet. I yeah. agree. Very charismatic. Yeah. All right, my number five is going to be one that I suspect will probably be the overlap. And if I'm going to overlap with anybody, but it's going to be you, Ira. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. Is it an actor? Yeah. Just let him do say it. it. Just, <laughs> just my number five out. is John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. Sure, right? Sure. It's, it's got to be. I think that's got to be on all of our lists. I, I, yeah. I, I, I kicked a lot of people off my list because I was like, somebody else is going to say Yes, that's and, what I did too. And John Travolta embodies this more than just about anybody else completely yeah. agree this is the career re- resurrection from hollywood and i almost feel bad making it my number five i'm sure you guys probably have it on your list as well but pulp fiction he was so good yeah. turned his whole career around and then started to kind of make some bad choices and start to flush it down the toilet again but he brought it back again and you know kind of stayed in the limelight at least a little bit and made himself continuously relevant uh, for a number of years after that, and uh, what a performance! Just so good, John Travolta, Pulp Fiction, 1994. There, mm-hmm. yep. Ira, what's yep. number four? Number four, Robert Forster. Mm-hmm. Robert Forster, you guys. What was his did, comeback? Yes, well, he did a string of big <laughs> movies, and then Jackie Brown, Tarantino's Jackie oh, Brown, yeah. in 1997, he was nominated for an Oscar. He didn't win, but he himself has said in many interviews that that film is responsible for resurrecting his career. He's a real nice guy. I've seen him plays. I saw him at a coffee shop. <laughs> not not the Italian one where Robert Blank <laughs> murdered his wife, oh, but a, a, yet another one, and went up to his table. I actually got walked to him, and he was so friendly, shook my hand, he smiled, he asked me questions. And I, I just like that. Guy How did that a lot. exchange go, Ira? What? Hmm? How did that exchange uh, go? Said, "Excuse me, are, yeah. are you are you Robert Forster? Yeah, I am. I yeah. really enjoy your work, sir. Yeah, uh, you were wonderful, Jackie Brown. Get Ben. I beg your pardon, sir. Get the fuck out of here, get, kid. Uh, I, but aren't you nice? Can't like, you see I'm enjoying my but, latte? Uh, your latte? Get the fuck Could out I of here. Could I have a sip of your? Where Robert Blake killed his wife. Let, let me just, <laughs> get, just be hey, certain. <laughs> I'm just trying to reminisce about Robert Blake. Ah, I see. I'm admiring his work. I'm right. trying to think about how to murder my wife. Can you give a guy some respect? <laughs> the fuck out of here. That's my main man. He's my new buddy, Robert Forrester. My Do you number think four. his voice is all fake? He actually talks like, hello, how are you? <laughs> how nice to meet you. Uh, all right. Christina, what's your number four? So we weren't just doing actors. We were also talking about doing directors Indeed. or whatever. So I was trying to think of a director, and I, um, I fixated on Robert Altman. Here's oh, a director wow. who, you know, did MASH, yeah. The Cave in Mrs. Miller, The Long Goodbye, and Nashville. And then there was kind of a period of something called Rattlesnake in a Cooler. Ooh. I think enough said there. And then... Everyone's um, got to pay shortcuts, their mortgage, you right? know? Then Resurrection with the Player. That's right. right? Mm. That's right. Then some other things. Shortcuts was right in there, right? Right, which is great. Yeah. The Gingerbread Man. Uh. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Um, and then 2001... Gosford Park. Yeah. Can I say, I hate Robert Altman. That's okay. I, he is not my cup of tea for a director. You're being That's serious. Right. Are you being I serious? absolutely can't stand Robert Altman movies. It, I, how often do you hear me say that? I never, I never hate never. anybody. I've never heard you say that. I, but he's, <laughs> he's the short list of I so almost why, why, every... why do you hate him so much? I do like the player. I'll give him that. Oh, but everything else that I've seen, MASH didn't like. 
Uh, it's the overlapping dialogue, I think. It's it's really? so chaotic. It's I can't understand what's going on. Nashville. Nashville wedding embodied that. Oh, it, watching Nashville was laborious. You for don't me. you don't like overlapping dialogue? I actually don't. I like things Whoa. to be neat and tidy. Okay, I'm I can appreciate so the realism week. of it, but I, I, it bothers me. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Still my number four. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Robert Altman. All right, what do you got? All right, I, 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 I did all actors. Um, That's good. This one might be as odd. a casting director. I think you're permitted you, to do. Okay, something. okay. You kind of have to. This one might be odd because it's like, how could you ever think this? But I think there was a moment where he went away for a bit. And then all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit. Like, now you're just in fucking everything and coming back solid. And I just cast him. And he seems to be a badass. Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good call. On top, killing it and everything that he was doing. And then just kind of faded away. And then, like, what happened? And then all of a sudden, Bonehawk Tomahawk. Or Bone... What was it called? Bonehawk Tomahawk. And it was Bone... Something tomahawk, Hawk, right? Yeah. yeah. Bone saw tomahawk? Nah, 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 nah. Whatever the fuck. Anyways, that came around. I was like, this is so interesting for him that he did this. And then... And then he's just... Bone tomahawk. Bone tomahawk? Yeah. Just bone tomahawk? Yeah. And now it's just... I, everything he's doing is just like amazing. And he's just this older guy. Like, just this great look to him and just seems like he's having a blast. Huh? It does seem like he's having a blast. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number four... Is uh, someone okay? I'm gonna tip my hand early here. I never much cared for Star Trek. I think we've talked about that on this show. I never really cared for Star Trek Next Generation. Well, when Patrick like Stewart this. came <laughs> out as Professor X in X Men, that was a big turning point. And in my mind, you know, he kind of got uh, relegated as being the castaway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you're the leader of uh, you know the, the Star Trek, whatever. And then. Now it's like, oh, it's kind of, he, he has this other dimension to him. Green room. Resurrected yeah. for you. Resurrected for well, you. Well, I think, I think what I'm saying is he was kind of the British actor and the, the Star Trek. He kind of had that. But then he started doing the, the comic book films. And I think it kind of, what we were saying, saying before is it changed his career. Like Robert Downey, I feel it's like same. Like I feel he was doing some pretty good stuff. But yeah, because what's his face? He was doing Patrick Stewart. He did like that movie, like Masterminds. And like stuff like that, we were like, what? Like, why are you doing this? Right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then he started doing the X-Men stuff. And you're like, oh, shit. I know that. And that's awesome. You killed it as Professor X. I think everybody knew that he was the one that had to play Professor For X. For sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Couldn't the go cro- anywhere. The crossover from TV to film. The crossover yeah. from TV to film. Make but it- that was it was many years later because Generation went off, like, what? Mid-90s? Late-90s? So. Yeah. Anyway. Make it ahead. so. Make it so. <laughs> All right, Ira, which number three? My number three, and yes, we wait, are wait. indeed overlapping. I put down Robert Downey Jr. as ah. my number three choice. Uh, he made movies early on like Weird Science and Less Than Zero, and then something happened. Obviously, we all know about the drug the drug addiction and so on, and the stories where he woke up in that woman's bed in Malibu. Remember that weird shit that was happening? No. And then along I don't came remember. two well, films. He woke up in a woman's bed in Malibu? Oh, The Stranger. He broke into a woman's house. And, and woke and up cracked. in her bed? Yeah, and he slept in her bed. Oh, oh I didn't hear about that. Well, you didn't know about this? this? Now. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah didn't he also weird. get arrested like in Reno with like nine hookers and like a suitcase That's full of That's my kind of man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he woke up in a woman's bed. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that. Awesome. 
That's so awesome. It's so oh, great. That's true. Robert Downey then obviously with all that in the rehab worked because of two films, you guys. Zodiac, which mm. we certainly spoke about. I love Zodiac. 2007, which was a mm. hell of a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think it's my favorite Fincher movie. Is yeah. it Yet though? it's the most obscure. If you name Fincher movies, you name five. That's not one of the five you think I of. Would, it's my favorite people, of his. It's my favorite. Really? Yeah. 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 What, you're going to say uh, Fight Club, aren't you? Not at all. What the game. Say? The game, well, Rob, the game is good. I will give it. you the game. We watched that together. But I, I still like Zodiac more. Zodiac, Zodiac such, is understated. It's style. It's, I, lo- I mean, I music. love it. I know, I know. I want to say So let me just say that... Did you th- like Zodiac, Christina? Couldn't watch it. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zodiac in 2007 followed up the following year with Iron Man 2008. Boom. That was it. Resurrected. Done. Resurrected. Completely changed. I mean, completely, yeah. yeah. Completely yeah. That's it. Uh, right. Yeah. Christina, what's your number three? Had to do this. Marlon Brando. The Godfather. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, 1972. Well, well played. Enough said, yeah. Enough said, right? Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's really good. You didn't think of that? Why didn't I think of that? Like, wow. It's like it's one of the classics. That's one yeah. of the I classics. I didn't. Yeah. I just had to. Yeah. Yeah. He was like out the door and then they were like, go <clears throat> yeah. on back. I tried to think of more people who had been like the thing. Yeah. Like, you know, back in the day and then disappeared forever and then came back. But he oh, was I, the only one that jumped to mind. My number three is All exactly right, that. I can't wait. But I got to go to Brandon first. Brandon, what's your number three? Number three, I'm going to go Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. How so? When did he fall off and when did he come back? I feel like he was killing it with doing the, you know, he did Batman and Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. He was just like at the top of his game, just going, going, going. Multiplicity. Yeah. And then it's like, what happened? You're absolutely right. I Jack Frost. He did yeah, some, you yeah. know, and just sort of, I was some just trash. like, I didn't understand what was going on. And then, I mean, Mr. Mom. I mean, he was, I mean, he was, he was doing so many amazing things. And then, yeah, he just kind of like went away for a minute. And it seemed purposefully too. Like, it seems like he did, like, he did like one or two bad things like the Miss Jack Frost or whatever. Yeah. And went away. But then he came back, uh, uh, what was I say? I.E. Birdman. Yeah. 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 And just like, I mean, even made fun of himself in it mm-hmm. about that situation mm-hmm. and was just, and now he, he's one of the, those guys. He did some other, he did a film called Game Six and he did some independent stuff for a little while. Uh, but it was really, it's exactly what you just said, which is like, it, it felt very restricted and almost purposeful that he just kind of shunned the limelight for a little while. And I think that's, he just like went away and like Birdman was like, a, I could feel like a very, I don't want to compare it to like Dog Years or Last Movie Star, but, it but is like comparable. it's it comparable. It's comparable. I agree. That, like, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. He's kind yeah. of just joking with himself about. Have right. you seen Clean and Sober? It's a Michael Keaton film. It it gets so overlooked and it frustrates me. I'm a huge Michael Keaton fan, and oh, I think yeah, it's his great. best film ever. It's he's so amazing. It came out in '89 when he was at the top of his game. Huh. He plays a, um, a an addict who is there's a a girl who dies in his bed and the police are starting to look into him for having drugs and so he checks himself into rehab in order to escape like being interviewed by the police and he has to be clean in order to stay in this rehab and it's it's Morgan Freeman's in it fantastic uh, who else is in that movie it's a fucking great actors in this movie that sounds great and they all just deliver amazing performances clean and sober I'm gonna have to check that out clean it's, and sober it, it's one of the best performances of one of the best actors you've seen. It's phenomenal. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think my favorite performance of Michael Keaton was Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, great. To, to play what he yeah. did in that, that, it's like, that's insane. Like, that's such, and we that's talk, so talented. We talked before about the founder. The founder, I was going to mention the founder. Founder? Oh, my. Uh, the founder, we've, he got I got snubbed. you for your birthday. So good. <laughs> he got snubbed for it's, that it's, movie. It's, it's, it's so, so good. good. Yeah. Have you seen the founder, Christina? 
Mm-mm. You would, I think you would really like it. I it's would love so, to see that. it's such a strange film because at the beginning you're so rooting for this guy, and by the end you hate, hate? him. Oh him. dear, it's so great. I, I can't think of the wife. He, he stole, stole the guy. He stole everything. Yeah, yeah, he stole everything. You're right. And, and <laughs> I can't think of another film where the protagonist really makes that shift. Genuinely makes the shift from I love you to I, I hate your guts. And I really say maybe The Godfather. You know, Pacino kind of does that. Where at the end you're like, ah. Uh, but I still think we're kind of on Pacino's side. Hmm. But in this film, I you hate him by the end. It's wow. great. It's Interesting. Fantastic. You All hate right. him, yet you find him compelling. Right. Oh, yeah. My number three is... An actor who was at the top of his game, top of the world, one all of the right. top top grossing actors of all time, actually, went away and then came back with a little film called Party Monster, Macaulay Culkin. Wow. Oh. Yeah, there but you go. He, but is he back? <laughs> well, he came back. Uh, you can come back and then, and then he went away, away again. again. And then he went I away guess. again. Yeah. 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 You can he go is away. poised for yet another Look, I, I honestly, he's amazing. Yeah, like, I think, I think he's, he's so talented. Yeah. I think he's so talented. You know who I... Well, I'll, I'll probably say this later. Never mind. <laughs> I'll say, I feel like I have someone I know who we will end up saying like three years down the road if we ever do this category again. Hold on to that. We'll take yeah, it okay, at the very okay. end. All right. I want to Okay. I do too. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Because when we're done with the five, we have something called scoops of ice cream where you can get in other people that didn't make your top five. Okay, cool. That's where we'll... Don't forget you. it, though. Don't forget yeah, it. Yeah, we want to hear a scoop of Ira, ice cream. what's your number two? Okay, so listen. I want to say that I was so on board with Michael Keaton also for my number two. However... I can't believe what, I didn't put Michael Keaton on my list. I... Well, I'm ashamed of myself right now. <laughs> yeah, after the yeah, after what we've been saying for years. But okay, so when we decide to open it up and make it not necessarily actors, just careers in the industry, I substituted Michael Keaton and I decided to replace him with Robert Altman. So once again, we're on the same page. And I love what happened on our I last like podcast, this. Christina, when we were doing um, movies with horses yeah. and you and I both put down the Godfather we for did. our number two. We did. For our I, number was, two. I was like, this is totally um, sense Robert Altman, who is a um, you guys known fuck for yourselves. Uh, <laughs> improvisation jealous, and so on. <laughs> Don't be jealous. Uh, he's, a, he's an acquired <laughs> taste. He's esoteric. For sure. His movies are ensemble pieces. He's a maverick. I hated he's, Gosford I Park. Know, he's a maverick. But let me say that prior to being reborn, he did movies such as MASH and obviously Nashville, McCabe and Mrs. Miller and, um, and A Wedding and then came Popeye. Then oh. after, okay, okay, okay. We agree. We agree on Popeye. Oh, that was 1980 to be followed up in 1992. The Player. Boom. Player he was, was back. Good. And yeah. he found these production companies, distributors that would embrace his films and let him do what he wanted. Fine Line. Fine Line was one of them. And, um, and another one that used to be called uh, USA Film, which is now Focus film but okay at any rate he came back with obviously shortcuts Gosford Park we know but you love that Robert and um, Prairie Home Companion mm-hmm. his cr- oh, Prairie Home Companion oh, yeah what? come so on so boring what? what happened in that movie am I alone in that film you don't I haven't seen it oh well forget it let's I'm cross that one off he came back with gangbusters with a player shortcuts and then he died and it was a great day in Robert's <laughs> life but there was indeed with a player a comeback there, can you embrace yeah, that? I can, I can With the player, it. he came back. Yeah, that, He's my number two. All right. Christina, what's your number two? Um, my number two uh, was an actor we were talking about last week, um, the beloved Peter Falk, um, oh, yeah. who the, was, the Falk. Uh, you know, doing Columbo for about... You 50, put Peter Falk on your list. 50, 53 years. <laughs> I, I, I see that. And then... With one eye. There was some other stuff that wasn't really happening, but he had a banner year, 19, 1987, Wings of Desire right. and Princess Bride. 
Oh, yeah. So right, there was just Momo right. where he was kind of on top of the world. I didn't realize both those were the same year. I know. Isn't it wow. amazing they were the same year? And that really was like, it really put him on like two very, very different films, very, very different directors, very different genres, really put him on top of the world. And then, you know, not much. Not much <laughs> since then. But and it then was a resurrection. Death. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brandon, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, I couldn't come on the, sh- I feel the show and you guys having me here. The last movie star without saying Burt Reynolds. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, again, we all know, top of his game, the most highest paid actor there was for like five, six years running. I even think he says it in the movie or however many years it was. And, and then he made those decisions and it went, uh, it made those decisions and it kind of went away. And, and then boom, Boogie Nights. Yeah. I think you and I, like, we even talked about it like a little bit on the phone of yep. like, you can't not add him, I feel, to this list. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. If there's, We were talking before. I said John Travolta is like the quintessential comeback. Yeah. It, this has got to be right there with it. it yeah. It's Travolta and Reynolds and how, all and the way. I, and how much he like balked to not wanting to do that movie. Yeah. I think it was like four years like or something like that. Like Pete Anderson kept asking him to do it. And he's like, fuck off, man. Like, I'm not doing this movie. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just so interesting seeing that. And he still, I don't think he liked the film, right? He Did said he? he fucking hated. Yeah, apparently he fucking he he openly admits that he hated working on it. Well, you he know hates that, the movie. and he hates the movie. Yeah, that, he hates that, the movie. That director is not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Such a good and movie I agree though. With that too. I'm not crazy I, I, I about lo- it. I think the movie is great. But the movie's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, my number two is an actor and a director, and someone whose whole career was cut out because of the sound era, Charlie Chaplin coming back with The Great Dictator. Oh, interesting. I like it. And, uh, yeah, you know that whole speech at the end? Oh, that's one of the greatest speeches of all time. Yeah, it was really... Good for you. Yeah. Wow. I like that. Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, good one. Nice. Nice job. Thanks. Ira, what's your number one? My number one, it was hard for me to not include on my list Michael Keaton, nor Burt Reynolds. They were at one time on, I had to bump them off and so on. For my number one, how could I not include for number one, John Travolta? Mm. Again, a little bit of overlapping here. He was resurrected three times. And let me tell you the three films that pushed him up. And the one number one was um, obviously Saturday Night Fever. Well, you can't count that as a resurrection. That's being born, right? That's not a (laughs) resurrection. That's that's an erection. <laughs> he has a point. Are you going to let him talk to me like You're that? an I expert on erections. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> he was erected. I'm sorry. He was resurrected three times. Number one, Saturday Night Fever in uh, 1997 obviously gave him a huge push and he was a star for a little while and then it dwindled again. Number two, uh, look who's talking. Look who's you talking, got, you yeah. know about that. In 1980, I was a voice with Kirstie Alley. 1989. That, 1989. 1989 with Kirstie Alley. That, once again, pushed him into mm-hmm. the public eye and gave him more respect. And then that dwindled. And obviously, Pulp Fiction in 1994. He was resurrected, erected. He was everything. He was reborn, rediscovered. I think twice. Reinvented. You're not including all three? Well, why Which one Saturday, are you not Saturday Night Fever? Oh, that's yeah. not a resurrection. That's that's an erection. Inception. He was, yes, Inception. Mm. He was no. resurrected twice. No, I disagree because prior to Saturday Night Fever, are you saying he didn't do any films? No, he did like Welcome Back, Cotter. That's and true. Like, he did TV, he did, but he was. But he was not. That was still on the way up. This is interesting. 
I think I think we can make. You think the argument, he had a, a I prolific think film I think career. he's been reborn three times. Oh, fuck two off. times more than Christ. All right, wait, hold on. Producer, <laughs> producer, <laughs> so you're saying that John Travolta is twice as good as Jesus Christ? That's what you're saying. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> All right, so producer Joey pulled up his stuff. What? He had done uh, the Devil's Reign. This is prior to Saturday Night Fever. Prior to Saturday yeah, Night go Fever, ahead, the go Devil's ahead. Reign. Looking at his movies now, uh-huh. not his TV show. Yes. So the Devil's Reign. Why can't you include Cotter? Well, it's because it's a movie podcast. That's why. A, go ahead. A movie. <laughs> yeah, we, we well, can talk about movies. Okay, go ahead. I mean, Welcome Back, Carter was what seventy five. Yes. What other Fever movies did you do prior to Saturday Night Fever? If we want to count his TV movie, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, yes, that absolutely. was the year before. Okay. So that was certainly not a resurrection. That movie pushed him into stardom, but that's not a resurrection. Guys, Ira's pulling out a knife. He was an actor prior. That's not a knife. It's not a knife. Oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> this is a knife. But he was an actor prior Zip. to Saturday Night Fever. He was an actor, but all I'm saying is that he was in a slump, and then he hit it big three times. How is it a slump? He just did The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. All right, Christina, listeners, if you're listening out. to this, Christina, please write in and, ta- and please confirm that this is not a resurrection. <laughs> Ira, I can see what you're saying. I can see what they're saying. You know. What a diplomatic. I was, was going to say, that's so political. Diplomatic. <laughs> All right, so Christina, boring. what you got? What's your number one? You know, uh, sometimes with these lists, I end up putting as my number one, not the biggest like resurrection, mm-hmm. but just a movie that like I came across. Yeah, that's one what of you my things. And I was like, I really love that film. So, um, <laughs> Betty White. Um, Betty White. She that's was a great out there. one. She yeah. was out there. She was doing stuff. She was doing some voiceover. She was doing some television. And then The Proposal 2009. Yeah. Which I just, which really put her on the, again, it's one of these films that just put her on the radar and she became like a darling. Yeah. And everyone started loving her and mm-hmm. like bringing her on the talk shows that's and really putting good. her everything. Nice I like that one. That's a good, obscure, yeah. really good, thoughtful. Well and done. I'm ashamed because I don't have one female actor, director, writer, producer I wonder, on my on my list. You had kind of mentioned that before the before you started the podcast yeah. and I wonder if that's because for the most part women, I mean they're they're so often cast for their looks primarily, right? And then once that star has faded, it's hard to kind of get a career going again. I guess I, I think it's hard to maybe reinvent that wheel. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not sure. saying I approve of that. I'm just I saying agree. I think it's like guys, I think in this business it seems like Men have been allowed to to get older, become more overweight, or you know, baggy under the eyes, and and it's more acceptable, and there's more things written for that. Yeah, I think that's uh, what it comes down to. Yeah, I think I, I think that's it too. Yeah. And I think may, they, may I just interject one thing? Yeah, I, I don't mean to interrupt the flow here, but I want to say a female resurrection: Mary Tyler Moore, Ordinary People, mm. or Bridget Fonda, right? Bridget, Bridget Fonda came back. After what, like a fifteen-year hiatus? What? Okay, let's get back to Mary Tyler Moore and ordinary people. I think you I don't think Bridget Fonda had a comeback? You don't think her, she was resurrected? <laughs> you can't give me one resurrection. You've got three for John Travolta. I want to say something. You John Travolta. Robert, just I want to one? say something. I'm actually am reconsidering Saturday Night Fever as a resurrection. Oh, I'm rethinking it. And fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. A lot of fighting tonight. <laughs> all right. So, Brandon, what was your number one? I mean, my number one, I think it's what we've all said or didn't say for obvious reasons. But it's, it's John Travolta. I mean, how the fuck do you not? He is the quintessential 
resurrection yep. individual. I mean, the guy couldn't fucking get a job to save his life, comes back, was on top of his game, and then just fucking kills it in yep. Pulp Fiction. Fucking Tarantino, man. That guy knew what's up. Yeah. You know, he was resurrected three times. That's what I hear. I've heard this. <laughs> it's I've, not true, though. I've heard this, but I hear it's a bunch of bullshit at the same time as well. It I don't is. know. It's one of those ugly rumors. I don't, yeah, it's just like a weird fucked rumor I keep hearing. <laughs> I don't know. All right. My number one is uh, I, it's going to be story time, guys. It's going to be story time. So, my number one is uh, my favorite director, Steve Soderbergh. So, if you aren't familiar with Soderbergh, he had The World by His Tail on. Uh, in 89, he basically invented the, uh, the modern independent film movement with Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Mm. And he starts doing other films. He starts doing uh, King of the Hill. He starts doing The Underneath. He does all these films that aren't brought up all that often. And he starts to get to the point where he says, uh, uh, maybe I want to get out of filmmaking. And so the way I had heard this story, I'm not entirely sure of the accuracy of it, but I like the, the, the legend, the mythology about it anyway, <laughs> which is that he talks to a therapist and the therapist says you need to go make a very personal film so he goes back down to louisiana he gets all the cast and uh he gets all the crew that he normally works with and he gets them to play parts within this film called schizopolis and he basically makes this crazy cracked out film that's just all of these it's like basically a last hurrah for all of them to make this film and he plays the main character and he only hires one actor so everybody has a job like okay you're the you know you're the best boy grit but you're also going to play this role and so oh, there's only one person who's hired to be an actor and everyone else has to do a technical job and act and uh and it's crazy it's insane i've not seen this and i'm pissed at myself for not seeing this film it's great i it's it's meant a lot to me like when i saw it, it pulled me through and then through that, he cathartically kind of worked through whatever it was he was wanting to work through. And then he came back and he does Aaron Brockovich, Ocean's Eleven, uh, Traffic, totally reinvents himself. And then, uh, you know, just does a, an amazing film career. Then he starts to kind of peter out again. And he says, you know, I'm going to retire. And I think we're seeing a second resurgence coming back right now with, uh, we talked about Unsane a couple weeks ago uh, on this podcast. Logan and, Lucky. And then, uh, yeah, and then Logan Lucky and then... Which also, is really just a poor man's version of Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying these are are huge resurrections, but he's back in the game now. He's getting sure. back in and, and doing really interesting stuff. So I, I don't know. I got to put him on the list. I think Steve Soderbergh has he reinvents himself every film he does. They're always so different, and he creates these amazing worlds. So that's my number one, Steve Soderbergh. Sure. Nice. I like it. I like it. Hey, guess what? We did it. Woo! Okay, guys, I'm going to hit record. We're going to do it for real. Good uh, rehearsal. Uh, <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, Brandon, where can people find out more about you? You got a, you got an Instagram or a Twitter or uh, Yeah, Facebook? I do the Instagrams. Um, it's just at nomadic, like yeah? a nomadic person, zero one. At nomadic zero one. Yeah. So people can find you there. Yeah. Right? What's your nomadic. MySpace handle? MySpace handle, Jesus Christ, I don't even know. And do you uh, still have your Friendster account? You know what? Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, and your AOL. <laughs> <laughs> We're going good. all the way back. ASL, I ASL. I still have an AOL address. ASL. No, yeah, just uh, I really, I don't do Twitter. I don't do, I, I, I don't do Facebook. It's too much. Like, I get, it's too fucking depressing at times. And at the same time, I also don't really give a fuck about that many other people's lives that mm -hmm. I just want to, like, follow. I don't know. I just have like just my really good friends and some really fun work people and 
Just people that I actually want to see their lives who I don't get to hang out with every day. And well, if you want to follow somebody who doesn't give a fuck about your life, then add them at Yeah, exactly. I will probably not add you, just being 1,000% honest. I'm 1,000% honest. You're not on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, but I never, but I never go, I never go on it. Like yeah, I don't that's ever. Where, that's where I am right now. I don't. I just don't yeah, go yeah. on it. It's yeah. everyone's just talking about you know politics and this and this person and this bad things happen in the world. It's just like I don't. Yeah, it, read it a got, book or something. It, like, got, I don't it know. got a little. It got a little too much. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. I don't know. Why is that making you uncomfortable? I, Ira? Do, I do it to make girls. What? But Ira, you have to be over 13 now to have an account, so that just like ruins your whole dating game. <laughs> All right. If you have any, uh, if you have any suggestions for us, if we've left anything off that you want to hear on your top five resurrected careers, <laughs> right? Or if you have any problems with Ira claiming that John Travolta was re- resurrected three times, <laughs> please send us an email to Robert at antiwavepodcast.com or and slash or Ira at antiwavepodcast.com or Christina at antiwavepodcast.com or you can reach us on Twitter or Instagram and we will follow you back, which is at antiwavepod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just honest. I'm being honest about it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're all over the place. We try we? to be. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. And of course, our website, antiwavepodcast.com. Yeah, be sure to tell a friend and uh, tell them to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. Do all that good stuff. Also, we have our film, 30 Love, which is available to stream on Amazon Prime. You can also purchase it in iTunes. And if you go to our website, 30lovefilm.com, we'll give you 10% off by using the, uh, the code antiwave. So if you listen to the podcast, there's 10% saved. It's worth it. There's a lot of extra bonus features on those discs. And I know what I'm of- doing tonight. <laughs> Not watching 30 Not Love. Not watching 30 Love. <laughs> uh, and also, I want to give a big hand to our producer, Joey, for doing a bang-up job. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, producer. Thank you so much, producer Joey. See, I said it correctly. All right, so that about does it, yeah? Can I just throw out the person who I think we'll say in five years from now? Oh, yeah. Thank you for remembering that. I just want, because I just can't help but think he's, I think, one of the Good best. save, Brandon, because we were almost going to end know, the show. Almost, I'm sorry. I, I I'm just, glad you remembered. He's, yeah, tell us. in my opinion, one of this generation's best actors, hands down, one of the most raw individuals I've ever met, not only, not I haven't met, I've ever seen and what I would imagine to be but Shia LaBeouf thank you very much yeah. thank you very much thank you very much I, I could right. read it I knew where you were going thank you very much wow. she said this think, generation's top actors and, and I knew Resurrection I went it's gonna be Shia LaBeouf I think wow. that kid is so goddamn talented and I hope for the day I get to cast him in something oh nice he's so good he is so fucking good one of the other movies that I saw this week I didn't bother mentioning the weekend review American Honey starring you know Sasha Lane with Sasha Lane. You know about that. Of course. I didn't even know who Sasha Lane is. I've cast Sasha Lane You know twice. Sasha Lane? Yeah. Uh, have you heard of Sasha Lane? And I, I've heard the name. Shia LaBeouf. And I was watching that, but I decided not to include it because I had too many films. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was an interesting film. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. Um, now I'm, how are we going to end this show, man? We're all the way out. I, should, I think we should thank Brandon for coming on. Yes. Hey, Brandon, thanks Brandon. for coming in. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. This has been amazing. This has been Another great. female who resurrected her career, I thought maybe Brenda Vaccaro. Why are you starring getting into that? She started Stop. 30 Love. So she, all right. All right. So all right. until Stop. next Stop. week. <laughs> Keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. Yes! <laughs> Someone give me a giant cock, please. <laughs>